And the blank check award goes to your earbuds for you to listen to, because this is a podcast for you, whoever's... I don't like you. Listening. I really don't I'm like really, you. I'm really, I'm whiffing on these week after week. Oh, that was week. funny. Uh, My thing was funny. I'm Griffin Newman. I'm David Sims. This is Blank Check mm-hmm. with Griffin and David. Yeah. A podcast that is usually constructed a miniseries. Right. But sometimes a one-off. Yeah, specials. We're in the middle of a miniseries called... Oh my God, enough. Pod Night Shamacast. Yeah. Uh, exploring the films of M. Night Shyamalan in order. Uh, but this is a one-off because, David, this is a very special time of year. For the first time in our history as podcasters. Yeah, because we started, I think, in March. In right March. after. Right we started after. in a March. Um, we, we get to cover Hollywood's biggest night, David. Yeah. The best and brightest come out. Yeah. Wear their finest duds. Yeah. And try to... In the, in the hopes of co- coming home with some hardware. Yeah, Teen Choice Awards. Yeah, the Teen Choice Awards. So this is our, <laughs> if we if we chose the Teen Choice Awards. <laughs> We're no longer teens. David and I are both in our 20s. Long, I'm barely in my 20s. Yeah, I did, I have to say, I did vote in the Kids' Choice Awards, which I don't know if that's going to, I mean, if by admitting this, it, it now. Now, the Kids' Choice Awards is the Nickelodeon blimp. Yes. And the Teen Choice Awards is the surfboard. It's a Fox surfboard. Right, right, right. Um, I got to say, really underwhelmed by the nominees for the Kids' Choice Awards this year. Really? Yeah, in that I didn't know 98% of them. <laughs> you know, times um, change. Yeah, but uh, Hotel Transylvania 2 was nominated for Best Animated Film, which is more than I can say for the Oscars. Callback. Okay. Callback. Um, th- this, is, this is the Blank Check Awards. Uh, yeah, we're doing the Blankies. The Blankies. Uh, most... Um, our our common thread throughout all our subjects that we cover on this podcast is the idea of the blank check. Mm-hmm. If someone being given free reign to make whatever they want, usually because they have such monumental success early in their career that people keep on giving them the blank check to make their project in the hopes that they will replicate that magic one more time. Go Guess on. who's got the blank check today? Uh, us? The two friends. <laughs> We got a blank check because enough people listen to our podcast that we get to pick the Oscars. I mean, so we've decreed. We've decreed, and, <laughs> and it will have no bearing on anything whatsoever. So for all you guys who love listening to us just talk the year's movies, this yeah. is the podcast for you. This is like the most side tangenty episode. Right. For everyone who's excited to hear about The Village, wait till next week. Next week, we're coming back strong with Pod Night Shemacast. <laughs> uh, we have a very special guest with us today. Yes. Uh, we talk- really the only guest. The only we guest we could possibly have. Yep. Um, he, uh, much like us, is a, um, a, a devourer of Oscar knowledge. Mm-hmm. Um, not just winners, but the ephemera of the award shows, the moments, David, within the ceremony himself. Yeah. He, he, he knows things that no human knows about the Oscars. He's a keeper of secrets. Yes. He's a master All right. of, of Oscars. Uh, and, 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 I don't know. And in, in our ongoing collection of trying to collect different, different groups. Our collection of trying to collect different groups? Our, our oh, guests. Oh, yeah, we yeah, yeah. you're saying we, we've, we've gotten another tri- uh, trivia team member. Yeah, yeah yes. Yeah, yeah. Well, we've, I mean, we've netted him, finally. Possibly. I mean, he was really the, the third corner yeah. of our, like, power triangle on our team. Okay. Yeah. 
No, because you and I were going. No, I know it's just the power triangle is not a phrase I've ever heard before. That's what people used to call us, the power triangle. <laughs> no, but you and I would go alone, and sometimes we have a friend, and then we were like, we need to build a solid team. And we added this man mm. as our our third permanent member. Not mm. that there weren't other permanent members, but he was a rock. He was there every week for us. And what happened? We won two seasons in a row we with did. him. We did. He's shaking his head right now. Uh, ladies and gentlemen. Being very good about not saying anything until just this second. Yeah. Uh, he, he is a retirement writer. Um, he currently writes for The Decider, where he uh, wrote a very nice piece about our podcast. He did. Uh, where and he, he wrote a really good piece about the Simpsons episode, Homer's Phobia, that I read. Yes. Like yesterday, I think. Good one. Yes. It was, yeah. uh, ladies and gentlemen, the great Joe Reed. Hey. hey, Joe Reed. I tried. I tried to be that cool podcast guest who wouldn't say anything, and I couldn't. No, I prefer the people who just sort of butt yeah, Just in. like bl- bluster yeah. in, yeah. and you don't know who's that voice, who's that strange voice right. on my excited, podcast. And they're excited, like, oh, and they do know, of I course. I thought it was just l- two friends. They What's looked going at on? the title. Yeah. That's the weird thing about podcasts. It's you know? true. It's true. You it, should you should ideally yeah. have already been enticed by this before you even hit play. Right. Some podcasts, the, the title is literally only the names of the guests. That's true. And yet they still, they yeah. pretend. Wait, am I getting above title billing for this podcast? I don't know. Yeah, you'll get it. Ben, you do the titles. You know I was oh. a, I was a supporter of PCAST Shyamalan, so I don't know whether that breaks the tiger thing. I, I look, I appreciate your support you. in any form I can get it. Um I mean, whew. see, we don't believe in twists here. We're not a bunch of Shyamalan, so we'll just say who the <laughs> guest is. But I do think there's an order thing. You did sort of spoil a surprise. What that Ben's here again? Hey, don't say it. <laughs> <laughs> He's back. I'm back, baby. He's here the whole time. You know how the Golden Globes. But I'm have... very comfortable with not speaking up. I just kind of. I know watch you're better. You Did you hear the sign? Did you listen back to the signs episode yet? Yeah. When the when the when Ben's voice comes over on the walkie-talkie, it genuinely sounds strange. Yeah. You, did you hear it? Yeah. You sound you, <laughs> you sound like a ghost coming through the walls. <laughs> Maybe I planned it. Um. You know how the Golden Globes always have missed Golden Globe. They have like yes. a, it's a second generation Hollywood. Sometimes even third generation. Remember Dakota Johnson before she was a movie star? Very true. It was third generation because it was right. uh, Tippi Hedren and then Melanie Griffith and then herself. Um, but it's always second generation or third generation Hollywood royalty. And it's like an anno- it's a coming out. It's like, here's Jamie Foxx's daughter. She's going to wear a lovely <laughs> do dress. Do what you will with her, Hollywood. Right. And do they even hold the awards, like the statues, or do they just stand there? That sometimes feels like they're like assistant award holder. Like right, they're still right, a professional right. award holder. Right. Who, like, but they get to stand next to them and sure. maybe, yeah. Help right. escort yeah, them escort, off stage or whatever. Escort, yeah. Yeah. Well, guess who's been chosen to be our Mr. Oh Blank my. Check Awards today? Who? I'll give you a hint. We call him Birthday Benny, even oh, though it fuck. only is his birthday once a year. <laughs> yeah. We call him the tiebreaker. We call him the poet laureate. We call him the Haas. We call him Producer Ben. Mm. Yeah. We do. We call mm-hmm. him Purdue Ben. Yeah. Catch him on a good day. He might be All right. the Ben Deuce. <laughs> Let's speed it up. <laughs> call him the tiebreaker. Yeah. Did I say that one already? He did. Yeah. Uh, we call him. Uh, why am I? What, 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 My what? favorite. Hello, Fennel. Hello, Fennel. Hello, I was Fennel. trying to say that one you for get last. Kylo the peeper, Ben. Kylo Ben. Producer Ben Kenobi. Peeper's a good one. Yeah. I had someone randomly Not come Professor up to Crispy. me. Not Professor Crispy. Someone said hello, Fennel, to me. <laughs> I didn't know. <laughs> just really? like on the street. I got really excited. Really? That's, yeah. that's a, that's a that genuine fan thing. Was, was it a coincidence? Was it just someone saying, hello, Fennel? And then you were like, <laughs> right? like the no. podcast? And he was like, podcast? No, this, I thought you were a piece of Fennel. You didn't realize you were like eating just like just loose Fennel from a bag. Um, was there any was there any conversation following that, or was did he just walk away after that? I was awestruck. I was just like, "Yeah, it's me, man, Fennel, <laughs> Fennel." I misspoke, and now I have to think about it every Fennel, fucking bro. week. Uh, before we started recording, me and Benny were having a conversation about how he's such a goofy guy. 
He's a real goofball. And I was it. trying to. I fig- can't talk to you guys like before we record. I was trying to figure <laughs> out how to do that, like to have a new name, Nom de Plume, that uh, has the word goofy in it. But I couldn't. I couldn't get it. Yeah, no, it's tough. We'll come up with something. Uh, oh yeah, of course we will. Email him with your thoughts. And speaking of that, he took a big swig of water <laughs> dramatically because I had to wet my whistle for this one. Ready? Um, we have an email account. Oh yeah. I had forgot to sync it with my phone, so I hadn't been reading the emails. Yeah. Turns I, out, I got an email alert when you synced it with your phone last night, and I was briefly afraid that someone was trying to hack my email. But it was just good old Griffey. Yeah. Um, I uh, had forgotten when we set up, or I don't know which of us set up the Twitter. You set up the Twitter account. We, we kept email notifications on. So I went to our email inbox, and it was like 400 messages of any time anything happened on Twitter. <laughs> oh, yeah, right. Like, remember when Twitter would just email you if, yeah. like, someone favorited your tweet? Yeah. I still have had to, like, create, like, a subfolder to, like, direct all those to. And if oh I ever, like, God. stumble upon it, it's just, like, <laughs> this horrible wasteland of, like, a thousand all Twitter emails. Yeah, there it's were even, terrible. like, aside from, like, who followed you, who faved, it was also just, like, hey, check out this new tweet from David Itzkoff. Uh, and I was yeah. like, I don't need recommendations. <laughs> it's Twitter. Itzkoff's doing fine enough on his own. Yeah, he doesn't need my retweet. He's yeah. doing fine. He's doing fine. Um, I found two genuine emails. And, uh, in, the, in this wasteland. In this wasteland. Yeah. One of them was from uh, well, Will Stutz, who sent in some recommendations of a future miniseries. I'm not going to read them on air because we might use some of them. Sure. Um, but the other one I, I must read. David, Joe, Ben, I must. Simply must. Is it from M. Night? It's from a lady named Erin Ashby. Okay. And the subject heading is Fisto and the Haas, a fan fiction. Oh, oh boy, no, you're not going to no. read fan fiction right now, are you? Come Fisto on. Fisto and the Haas. Blank check with Griffin and David slash Star Wars crossover. Category fluff slash light angst. She's formatting this like it's on a proper fan fiction website. Relationships. Ben Hosley slash Kit Fisto. Rated T, I think for teen. Trigger warning. Questionable transcription of a Jamaican oh accent. It's short. I promise you it's I short. I swear to God. Kit strode into the studio and plopped down on the couch next to Ben, heaving a sigh. What a day, Kit said. Ben snuck a peek at the wary Nautilin, cleared his throat. Ah, yeah? Rough day at the old Clone Wars, huh? You said it, Kit said. Between Da's stupid idiot and these... Oh, I guess Kit Fisto's supposed to be Jamaican. Between Da's stupid idiot and these toilet chairs in the Jedi Council, I cannot get a break. You're all of this, right, Ben? My ass is on fire! I'm, I'm sounding like Dracula. <laughs> <laughs> Swear to God. Kit let his eyes slip shut, but making up for the lack of one sense, his thick, empathetic tendrils sniffed out the emotion around him. Immediately, he felt Ben's distress. Hello, Fennel, Kit gasped, sitting up and resting a hand. How much more of this is it's there? It's very short. Really, how much one more paragraph of this is left there? On his friend's shoulder. What is wrong? Tell me now, Benducer. I can feel your pain. Ha! Ben shook his head. N- nothing. I was just uh, sketching these new lightsaber designs. He tapped his sketch, batting. sketch pad and Kit frowned at the rough drawings. Those weapons are far too large. Yeah, well, I just like things really big. Kit, now realizing the cause of his friend's heartache, grinned and leaned in, tossing Mr. Positive a saucy wink. I understand. I think I can help with that. In the other room, a desperate voice pleaded, Guys, I can hear you in the earphones. It's really fucking creepy. Come in here if you're going to do that so I can see you. Are you going to cut that? I, I love that. It was a good start. Because <laughs> it ended with what I subscribed to, which is I like things big. Yeah. 
Uh, thank you to Aaron Ashby. Thanks, uh, Aaron. Clearly a master talent, a uh, writer on the rise. You know how to turn a phrase, and we appreciate your support. So please send in all other fan fiction you have. Yeah. Blankcheckpod at gmail.com. Okay, Griffin. Blankcheckpodcast. <laughs> okay, okay. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to pick the Oscars. Yeah. Who needs the, the old Oscars? Siskel and Eberts of yore. Who needs, who needs a bunch of old, stuck-up white men? Here are three young white men, four yeah. young white men <laughs> in a group with full autonomy and full power. Oh, thank you for calling me young. I appreciate it. Of course. So we're going to go through the major categories, and we're each going to pick our five, and then who we would win. And who we would win. Who we would win. Who we would bestow the trophy upon. I slept three hours last night. <laughs> uh, my brain is not running. Um... And uh, yeah, if we have if we have extra time, we might pick some notables that we would uh, uh, nominate in uh, below the line categories, like right. the technical awards, things like that. Sure. Um, so let's. I think we we gotta start out with our best picture, right? Uh, yeah. Do you want to start at the top? You want to you want to work? Oh, I mean, we could do the traditional supporting actor categories first. Really, really hue to the Oscars example. I think I, maybe let's do that, right? Yeah. Uh, Joe, do you want to start with supporting actress? Sure, let's start with supporting actress. Um, so this is the films so just, of 2015. Guys. So I'm just gonna like lay out my five and then pass it well, on. We'll, to you. we'll yeah. chat. We'll, we'll yeah. chew over them. All right. Um, in classic Oscar order, then alphabetically. Oh, you do. You're a pro. Look at that. Jeez. Elizabeth Banks for Love and Mercy. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. All right. Sarah Paulson for Carol. Yeah. Kristen Stewart, Clouds of Sils Maria. Mm-hmm. Kristen Wiig. Diary of a Teenage Girl. She was good. And Kate Winslet for Steve Jobs. Interesting. Lots to discuss. Only Lots Kate Winslet. Discuss. Only Kate Winslet is Oscar nominated of those five. I think that's going to be a running thing. As I expect, we have one overlap. Yep. Yeah, a little bit of overlap. Yeah. yeah, with the actual Oscar. Although, and I, I thought I the Oscar none. nominations were fine in acting categories for this acting category. I thought <sighs> well, it was okay. Well, they've got the two leads. No, they've got Rooney Mara and Alicia Vikander. You no, know, I don't like that. Uh, and I don't like it either. Yeah. And uh, especially this year when, like, there was room upstairs for them. Well, yeah. maybe. Oh, well, well, no. Best Actress was pretty competitive. Best Actress was pretty But, I mean, you know, you you know, you know, roll with the performance you have. Rooney Mara is not a supporting nope. actress in that movie. Nope. And it sort of sh- it shoves out Sarah Paulson, who I think was an actual supporting actress in that movie and was really good. So See, that's what I like about what you're doing, Joe, is, is you know, you're you're really taking a stand, which is like, if Rooney Mara is a supporting if not actress, yeah. then, then what's Sarah Paulson? A fucking cameo? No, that's a real supporting part. Yeah, I agree. I, we, so we all we all liked Paulson. I, I, should we all do our lists and then talk? To see where we yeah, have maybe overlap? each throw our five out and okay. then and then yeah debate yeah okay. all right all right uh, David do you want do you want to go? My best supporting actresses were uh, Joan Allen in Room nice, Rose Byrne in Spy great great choice Jada Pinkett Smith in Magic Mike Double XL, uh, Kristen Stewart in Clouds of Souls hey. Maria, and Elizabeth Watterson in Queen of Earth. The wow. underseen Alex Watterson? Ross Perry, Catherine Watterson. Yeah. I always, I always call her Elizabeth Watterson. She looks like reason. an Elizabeth. I always call her Sam Watterson. <laughs> um, yeah, what? But there isn't an Elizabeth Watterson in the world. Right? I don't believe I'm so. Just, I'm just giving her. Yeah, Catherine Watterson in yeah. Queen of Earth. Sorry. Um, I'm sure there is an Elizabeth Watterson in the world, but probably not uh, in the uh, acting. Yeah, community. Who can say? <laughs> My choices for best supporting actress are Elizabeth Banks for Love and Mercy. Nice. Wow, you guys liked her. Rebecca Ferguson in Mission Impossible: Rogue Nation. <laughs> She's so good. Mia Taylor and Tangerine. Maya Taylor? Yeah, sure. Sure. Never heard it said out loud, I guess, before now. I <laughs> Actually, I haven't either, so I could be totally wrong. 
M-Y-A. So I always thought it was Mia, Maya. Could I be. thought it was Maya, but I don't yeah. know. Okay. Maya, Maya, Mia Taylor. Maya Taylor, write in to uh, the, the podcast address. Yeah, please do. Know. We'd love to have you on as a guest. You're a great, great actress. Uh, Rachel Weiss in Youth. Nice. Mm. And ready ready for the griffiest pick? God. I think in any category we're going to get yes. this year. Raffi Cassidy in Tomorrowland. Wait, which That's one was the she? The robot girl, right? The robot girl. Yeah, she uh, was I good. just saw that movie over the weekend. Yeah. Did not care for it. <laughs> um, but she was she was pretty good. That robot girl, though. That robot girl. Was she any anything else ever? Like, was this her first big movie? Yeah, she did some like small British films. Okay, but I All think right. she's I one to her. watch. Oh, I agree. Yeah. I liked her in that film. Um, okay, so let's let's get into our so so we. we did not overlap at all. No, we had two. You guys had banks. The two friends with ten different ten picks. I'll just yeah. From each other. You guys just shared banks. We yes. just shared banks. You two shared. And we Kristen shared Stewart. Kristen Stewart, which right. is, who is my winner. Really? Yeah. See, this is interesting. Okay, I I don't know. Like I I'm not trying to really. Supporting like, is always very wide open. It's very oh, tough. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I have always been a huge Kristen Stewart fan. Okay. I used to yeah, have. You, you told me a gross story about how oh, about no. her Into the Wilds performance uh, last weekend, and it was bad. I said and I, I wanted to, to do a reverse a Purple Rose of Cairo in that movie, <laughs> and I won't go into any further detail. What kind of sexual position is the reverse Purple Rose of Cairo? <laughs> I think first you know. of all, I think you know. I think you know. Okay, and we got young listeners, so yeah. I don't want to get into it. <laughs> we um, do. I used to. Yeah, we got some babies who listen. Get that demographic um, research out. Yeah, they play it in, in maternity wards. <laughs> Right when the babies come out, they're playing an episode of Blank Check. I hate you with this every time you're going <laughs> off topic. Um, the uh, uh, Kristen Stewart, yes. I'm a big fan of. Yes. I used to have uh, uh, two uh, life-size cardboard cutouts of her in my bedroom. Oh, my. Wow. I, I had, I had a, my early 20s were messy. Sure. Um, but uh, I, I always have argued that she's an underrated actress. I think she's phenomenal. Mm-hmm. I think, uh, you know, it's the curse of a thing like Twilight being that big. Is uh, I think people immediately discount anyone who's in something that's successful. That's true. Uh, whether or not they're doing good work, and I also think that, that character is a cipher, and she did some okay work in those films. That is kind of drowning against the films themselves. Anyway, uh, I was very excited for Clouds of Sils Maria because I was like, finally, a film where everyone seems to be getting on the same page as me on Kristen Stewart. Uh-huh. Saw it. I thought she was good. I didn't love the movie. I thought she was. She and Benoche were highlights. No, it's David's wise. favorite movie of the year. I love the movie, and I thought one. she was bewitching in it. Incredible. I, this is my point, I guess. I have nothing bad to say about the performance. Yeah. I think she's very, very good in it. I think she's excellent. I also think it's about as excellent as she usually is. Right. Yeah, okay. Just maybe in the context of a better movie. Better material. Yeah. Yeah. Because I feel like she was really good in Still Alice last year. I probably would have nominated okay. her last year, too. I think she was great in that. Yeah. She's great in Still Alice, but I think Clouds of Sils Maria is a part where she has a little more room to explore. Like, in Still Alice, she is a character. Mm-hmm. Like, and even if her parents don't totally get that she's, like, a real person immediately, like, yeah. you know, and they have to learn things about her, you know, she's playing, like, I don't know. She's not, like In Clouds of Sils Maria, her character, like, Develops and pushes back against Juliet Binoche's character, and like, there's a real dynamic between the two of them that's like very like they're really good together. The power yeah. shifts between them like backwards and forwards, and God, Sils Maria is my it's just incredible. Putting movie. in you guys should all see it. Chloe Moretz in that movie, yeah, who, not a good performance. Not a good we performance. all agree on that, right? I think it's the one of the better performances she's ever given. That's a pretty backhanded compliment. <laughs> I'm not a big Chloe Grace Moretz fan. I thought she was suited to that role. As a kind of jerky, 
young star. I'm saying a lot of mean things about Chloe right now. <laughs> College of Sils Maria, if you guys haven't seen it, it's an Olivia Asayas movie. Uh, about, He's really good. Yeah, about like, well, it's about a lot of stuff. I don't know. How, it's how about do you, life. It's about art. It's about aging. It's, it's about, about identity. It's, it's about, about growing acting. up yeah. for sure. It's about how the way we think about things changes. As yep. we get older, it's about two friends. It's about the two friends. It is about the two, not the two friends. It's <laughs> no. about two friends. two friends. We're the two friends, right? And that's patent. Sorry, <laughs> we have a utility patent on being friends. Uh, I love her, but let's talk about some of the other. Okay, so quickly. that would be your choice to win. Who would be your choice to win from your five, Joe? Uh I got Winslet. Wow, Winslet would I be watched, your winner. I watched Steve Jobs again on the plane back She's from so LA good. the other day. She is. So I liked Steve Jobs better than I think a lot of people liked Steve Jobs. I'm high on Steve. I really liked it. I thought it's one of Sorkin's better screenplays. I think he does some really interesting structural stuff with it. And I think she, I think a lot of the attention for that performance, for her performance, boiled down to her accent and how, and it does, it definitely, it's a stronger accent in the second two thirds of the movie than sure. it is yeah. in the first. She becomes more Polish as she gets older. She does. It's very interesting yeah. and very strange. Um, but I think I mean I think Sorkin's dialogue is not always the easiest and she adapts to it so well and she's sort of she's the, your your sort of anchor in that movie as Jobs becomes so unlikable and sort of distant from everything. And then even when they're trying to like redeem him at the end. I think that's the most resistant I ever am to the movie, where I was just like, I get it. He's going to put songs in her pocket. Um, but I think Winslet keeps everything sort of grounded in this very sort of like task-focused kind of way. I think she's great. I, I, you do point out something interesting, which is that usually actors have to like totally bend to the Sorkin thing and yeah. fit into those rhythms. And she somehow manages to get her claws around Sorkin dialogue without making it sound Sorkin-y. Right. She yeah. made it sound very naturalistic while keeping up the rhythm and the same sort of uh, yep. sharpness and everything. But I mean, I also think that the film's emotional or what, like moral heart center is always with her. Yeah. And it's always revolving around her in a weird, specific way. Yeah. yeah. Which is and why I think she actually like could win the, the actual Oscar. I'm starting because to get the she's, feeling she's going to win weirdly. She might. If she won, I'd be so happy. I would be too. I like. I think Alicia Vikander is a very exciting I think she talent. Great in Danish Girl, but Ex Machina is probably her better performance okay. this huh? year. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Uh, Danish Girl. She's a lead who does a lot of crying. She cries. Yes. They cry in one room. I think I was telling this to Griffin. That movie is like they cry in one room and then they find a new room. They cry in that room. Right. And then they go to another country. Yes. And there's more crying. Well, uh, I think the, dumb. the interesting thing about the yeah. Oscar supporting actress race is you've got Rooney Mara and Alicia Vikander and Kate Winslet. That's what everybody seems to agree are the three front runners. Mm-hmm. All three movies that probably could have gotten Best Picture nominations but didn't. Mm-hmm. So you it's could true. get the sense that like the voters weren't crazy as crazy about those movies as they could have been. Right. There wasn't so, the support. Yeah. It, so it's it's not like you can tell from the Best Picture nominees who the winner's going to be in that category. And, then, and same are, with Hateful Eight, I would say, was presumed to be Jason like Lee, a 10. Right? Rachel yeah. McAdams is the only one from a movie that you think she's might great. have like momentum. She's great, but she has zero chance of winning. I, I think, think she's great in that movie. She would be like right outside my and it's uh, a very yeah, here. It's a very un-Oscar-baity kind of performance, which That's I, what I like love about it. that yes. those get nominated. I, uh, I give them a lot of credit because it's very unshowy. Yeah. Her two best moments in the film are very small. Yeah. I'd say it's the scene where she goes to uh, meet up with the guy at the diner. Yep. And, that and seems great. She like pushes him about needing to be. Specific I think that was what her clip details. was at the SAG Awards. That, that's that her scene. clip to me because yeah. that's the scene where she is capturing like the weird dispassion of yep. being a journalist. Mm-hmm. 
that you have to kind of like be sympathetic without just like kind of hugging someone and crying with them. Like you right. have to ask them extremely uncomfortable questions right. without just being a jerk. It's a sociopathic form of empathy. Yeah. It's like weaponized empathy. And like yeah. you see Ruffalo's take on how that works where yeah. he is much more guarded and like almost autistic about it. Yeah. But like not mean or anything, yeah. but that his scene with the survivor is also incredible. Yes. Where, where he's like, yeah, I think people want to hear about this. Um, she would be, I just uh, leaned. she'd be right out of my five. Uh, Jada Pinkett and my Magic Jada, Mike XXL is Rose also Byrne right out of my one five. Of my up, Rose Burns. Rose Burn in Spy is like one of the funniest comic performances. The, the monologue, I think we've talked about the monologue the about Bulgarian the Bulgarian clown. <laughs> it's the best single scene in a movie in 2015. It's so good. And there's this line she delivers that I've been, I can't really do it, but and I've She says you're funny. Well, that's great. But I mean, we know when they sit down, I think it's when they sit down at the ta- at, to dinner and she says, we just have to talk about this dress, this hideous dress you're wearing. It's hysterical. <laughs> and like, I can't do, I can't deliver that line as well as she Only Rose it. can. She's the only one yeah. who can. Um, she, a tough role. Very tough. Oh, yeah. You know, like you have to be a villain. You have to be really funny. Yeah. Weirdly sympathetic. Weirdly sympathetic. By yeah. the end of the movie. Totally. Even though you are monstrous at all times. Oh, yeah. right. Uh, we've Great covered stuff. a lot on this podcast. She's one of my favorite actresses. I think she's one of our favorite actresses. Huh. Love Rose Byrne. Um, Great Neighbors last her, uh, year. Yes. Right? Oh, yeah, she was Dorme. I, I, I would have put her, I, I would have uh, given her a blank check uh, Best Actress nomination for Neighbors last year had yeah. we been doing this last year. Yeah. We weren't doing this last I year. I know, and I probably would have nominated her for Bridesmaids within we, that respective year. We should, I actually, she was, I, oh, I, she's great I put her on my great, top yeah. five list that yeah. year. Yep. Uh, but we, we should probably move on, but if there's anything well, anyone else I wants to say. I didn't pick my winner. I just, I want to pick my winner. Uh, I I would go even though I can't pronounce her name. I would I would go with Maya Taylor. Maya she's Taylor. great. Um, she's a quasi lead. I think a tough I think role. I would also. I, I agree with you that lead. she can be classified. I, as I hate category fraud, but I I do I don't know. My knee jerk watching that film was she's the supporting performance. She's the secondary character. I think she's on screen less. She is definitely on screen less. It comes down to when I was looking at those five, like uh, she had all my favorite moments yes. individually of a performance this year. The scene where she sings uh, at Toyland. That scene is brutal. Uh, the ending of the film. And then she makes the like the cut it off gesture. Yes. Yes. Cool. Yes. Yeah. She she has like four or five moments in that film, especially coming from a, you know, not to use this term because who fucking, who is a professional actress or not, but like a non-professional actress in the sense she had never done anything before. Right. Right. She has four or five moments that are so profound and so small and so specific. She's great. Uh, incredible. Um, uh, but yeah, I mean, do you want to speak like, I think Joan Allen, it's like just- Let's all do brief things on yeah, the people. Who ne- people. Like, yeah. I think Joan, it's crazy that Joan Allen never got any traction in the Oscar race this year, let alone any race. Joan Allen's an actress who, for somebody with three Oscar nominations, three, two, just, just uh, the contender. No, because the contender, Nixon, contender, and, Nixon uh, and the Crucible. The Crucible. Right, yeah. Um, should have been nominated for Pleasantville. For someone with, and yeah, should have been nominated the for Pleasantville. The Upside of Anger. Upside of anger. That's should have won for Pleasantville. She's, she's had slam dunk great oscar performances and things that have gotten no attention, and yeah. it's just yeah. very strange. She is one of the weird, but like, that's why I thought like, here she carries the emotions of that movie's yeah. latter half. Yes, oh, totally. Mm-hmm. And uh, the scene where with the cutting of the I, whatever. I love Joan Allen. Yes. I thought Waterston was the standout of Queen of Earth. Didn't see it. I Queen of Earth's in. really good. It's weird, really good. Disturbing. It's really unsettling. Yeah. I think she and Elizabeth Moss are both very good. Both in that very movie. good. Yeah. Uh, and then oh yeah, Jada. Jade is incredible. And Jade is a great. lot of fun. That's another I didn't hard quite role. understand a lot of what that character and what that sort of portion of the movie was supposed to be. But by the time you get to the end, where they're in Orlando, where uh, yeah, Tampa or Orlando, somewhere in yeah. Florida, something like that. Um, the convention, whatever. This, you know, the stripper convention. Yep. Um, she's so great that you know. May I? May I call you queens? Like, oh yeah. 
Uh, yeah, our, all her on stage stuff is unbelievable. Yeah. Uh, she and would be my I number six. I just think under yeah. hard, hard, like harder than it looks to oh, do that. A hundred percent. You know, to to sell those kinds of lines yes. with like uh, authority, yeah. like yeah. an authenticity. Hard. Yeah. yeah. One one of the trickier acting asks of the year yeah. was that role as written. I so anyone um, you wanted to mention, Griffin? Uh, I mean, Elizabeth Banks. I guess we should both speak. Guys, on our oh yeah, we both had her. But on I list. just think so astoundingly solid. I mean, playing like a rock. You know. Yep. Um, a character that uh, at first blush looks like a very familiar trope of these sorts of biopics, which yeah. is the loving woman who yeah. stands by the troubled genius. But there are a lot of layers to the character as written, as unfolds. I think this character is written much more thoroughly than most of these parts yeah. in these types of films. And she just um, brings such an integrity and a real like emotional truth. The thing that I loved was she has to be such a different person with John Cusack than she has to be with Paul Giamatti. Yep. And she's so good at doing both of those things mm-hmm. and still making it make sense it's the same woman. I yes. thought it was really good. Yeah, what I like about the performance is they sort of set up this thing of her backstory being like a, a former like beauty queen yeah. who now works at a car dealership. Yes. And she has this like ferocity that comes out in defending him that clearly I, feels like an extension of people underrating her her entire life yeah. or objectifying her, whatever it is. Right. She's very protective of making sure that people are seen as people. Yeah. Uh, a great performance from a great actress who's been doing great work for 100%. years. 100%. And this is probably the best showcase I think she's gotten as a dramatic actress ever. Yeah. Rebecca Ferguson, Mission Impossible, Rogue Nation. Oh, I mean, just kind so of like good. such a star is born performance. Very, very yes. much. So astounding born. and yeah. um, is, is uh, like a full movie star performance, has the glamour and the sort of aura of that. Really nails the dramatic scenes in which she has a surprising amount. Mm-hmm. And that was just on a fucking physical level. Like, I don't know. She has, like, four different, like, things where she fucking scissor flips a guy with her legs. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just good, good shit. Good yeah, shit. But, like, purple steely. Rose someone who you think is a killer, someone who you think is, like, a good guy, yeah. all at the same time. Like, her eyes. It's all, like, her eyes are crazy in that movie. Well, here's my argument for why I think, like, a slam dunk nomination for me is she essentially has to play the female Tom Cruise. Yeah. Rogue Nation is entirely, it's a deconstruction of Tom Cruise's movie star persona and what's exciting and terrifying about him at the same time. I think that's the meta narrative of that movie. Okay. And she has I, to come yeah. on and be that the movie. female analog to him without any history. It's like Tom Cruise would go into that movie with 30 years of baggage right. that the film was able to weaponize and use in an intelligent way. And Rebecca Ferguson has to present herself. Most of us have never seen her in anything before and immediately seem like, yeah, she's, a, she's at the same level as Tom Cruise. Yeah. She pulls it off. Uh, there's that line where Alec Baldwin says that he is the literal manifestation of destiny. Probably my favorite line in any film. So yeah. great. Anyway, do you um, want to speak up for any of your guys? Oh, no, you know, you're not done. R- Rafi Cassie in Tomorrowland. I just think. Uh, <laughs> what a crazy pick. It's a crazy <laughs> pick. It is the Griffinist pick. It's the though. Griffinist pick. I don't, yeah. I'm, I'm going to top myself. Oh, there. God. I, I, I don't wait. know if I can peek. But um, the uh, Rafi Cassidy. Uh, yeah, she's a, she's a little girl playing a robot who's been around for a hundred years. Yeah, you tough... believe that she's actually like you know, yeah, wise beyond her years and everything. And she just yeah, it's another performance that feels like this. This is a star. This girl's probably. I'm, gonna I'm be, eager I to see what she does in other things that I don't dislike as much as I disliked Tomorrowland. I am a Tomorrowland apologist. All right, and Rachel Vice in use. I I just oh, think I think she was so good in that movie yeah. and so unheralded, and it was sort of bugging me that people jumped to the Jane Fonda thing, which is yeah. like a cool cameo, I guess. It's sort of this like intentionally disgusting sort of like you're sort of supposed to be taken aback by this woman and what acting has yes. done to her. Um, Rachel Weisz, I think she gets a monologue in that movie that's every bit as effective, if not, you know, more so it, than the Jane Fonda thing. It's like a translucent performance. She yeah. is just so raw and vulnerable and, um, you know, un- unshowy. Yeah. But really, really strong. Yeah. 
Uh, ben, any thoughts? Oh, no, I haven't seen predominantly most of the movies you've discussed. <laughs> a while ago, Ben wrote down the word sexy on his notepad and underlined it. That's what I have to say. Wait for it, though, oh, guys. Okay. We'll get okay. to it later. Okay. Let's get through the real categories. All right. Best Supporting Actor. Oh, Best Supporting Actor. Okay. Best you want to go first? Supporting Actor. Mine lines up more with Oscars than the other. Well, no. Go ahead. Go sure. Ahead. I have one out of five with the Oscars. I have two. That's more. Mark Rylance for Bridge of Spies. Nice. Sure. I think no one can argue against that being a very good performance. It's a very good performance. I haven't heard anyone other than Jeff Wells. Fuck Jeff Wells. <laughs> um, Stanley Tucci for Spotlight. It's my favorite in Spotlight. No, he, wait. Lee F. Schreiber's my favorite in Spotlight, but he's my second favorite in Spotlight. Ben, Stanley? Yeah, Ben looks confused. Stanley Tucci. What do you think? I thought it was Steven. No, it's not Steven Tucci. It's Stanley Tucci. No. What are you talking about, Ben? I was just Elizabeth Tucci. Yeah, no, it's just because finest. Just because we've been calling him the Tucci well, for so hey, long, listen, I don't wait, really know. I love a little bit of a little touch of the Tucci. You don't okay, you right then now, you, right? you've won me back. <laughs> as long as you're down with a touch. I thought of the it was tooch. Steven, though. Wait, we're, no, we're, Steven. we're sidetracked. Okay. Rylance and Tucci. <laughs> Mark Rylance, Bridge of Spies, the Tucci, Spotlight, uh, Emery Cohen for Brooklyn. Oh, we have some things to talk about with that. Here's one that I haven't. I, I did not throughout the entire season see anyone put him on any list. Who's that? No, no, no. Emer- not Emery Cohen. The next one I'm about oh, okay. to read. We got. I didn't see anyone going like, this is who I wish. This is whatever. Uh, Tom Noonan for Anomalisa. If we're talking about Jennifer Jason Lee and Anomalisa, we should probably be talking about Tom Noonan and Anomalisa. He's I, very good. Most supporting actor, one could argue. Certainly. And then my last, and here's my real Griffin pick in this category. Oh, wait, if Tom Noonan wasn't the real Griffin pick. Oh, get ready. I can't wait. Michael Shannon for The Night Before. Yeah, well, you've talked to me about how much you love that performance. A lot. Um, Didn't Joe, see it. Didn't Joe, see it. would you like to read your five? Sure. My five are uh, Kyle Chandler for Carol, Benicio Del Toro for Sicario, mm. uh, Nicholas Holt for Mad Max Fury Road. Great oh, pick. cool Great pick. pick. Always Joe. was. Yeah, Joe, yeah. cool pick. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Uh, Oscar Isaac for Ex Machina, and Sylvester Stallone for Creed. Great picks. My nominees, uh, I've got three in common with you guys, so oh. I'll just name them first. Oscar Isaac for Ex Machina for sure. Cool. Mark Rylance for Bridge of Spies for sure. Sylvester Stallone for Creed for Double Sure. And then I have Michael Keaton for Spotlight. Ah. Wow. Although he's a quasi-lead, but yeah. whatever. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. They yeah. campaigned him, and you know, yep. I can deal with that. He's a cusper. And Adam Driver in While We're Young. He was one of my runners-up. I don't like that movie. I really like him in it. Really good. I like that movie. I love him in it. I yeah. see. Yeah. And that also that factors into this thing. I you know, like uh also was great in Star Wars The Force Awakens. Yeah. He's on a sort of run right now. Sometimes you want to nominate someone like for a specific performance, but also kind of represents a year of I conflict. might ask you to stay tuned for that. Interesting. Um well yeah, I mean Spotlight I, I find fascinating because everyone I talk to has a different spotlight pick. Yes. That's what I love about Spotlight, too, is that yeah. everybody has a different best in show. And they're all good. Yeah. Tucci is marvelous in the movie. Yeah. Lee Schreiber is so good in Spotlight. Having The second time he really, I remember when I watched it, he, I was like, this might be my favorite. You know, yeah. it's, it, it, it switches. And Ruffalo's great. Yeah. And his nomination is great. I, he's, I love he's it all. He's the Oscar he picked. So, like, they picked exactly right, I feel like. Mm-hmm. I feel like yeah. there's got to be some sort of, like, Rorschach element to that of just sort of, like, what about your favorite Spotlight actor? What does it say about you? I think so. Yeah. I mean, my the reason why Tucci jumps out to me, aside from always loving a touch of the Tucci. Well, right. Tucci's always great. Always great. The only movie Stanley Tucci's bad in is the one he was Oscar nominated. Yep, that's yep. 100% Agreed. true. Yeah. That's so and weird, Do you right? remember when they played the clip for the Lovely Bones at the Oscars and he literally, like, grimaced? 
Yeah. I do, and I it's it's there's a few times where you'll you'll see that in Oscar ceremonies. I think Kate Blanchett did it for uh, Elizabeth the Golden Age. <laughs> oh yeah, remember yeah, yeah, where yeah. she's just like, ugh, it was great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. that was a stupid nomination. It was a stupid nomination. Uh, really dumb. Uh, uh, Tucci looks like one of the white chicks in uh, The Lovely Bones. <laughs> he does. Because they put those it's, weird it's blue contact the contacts. Yeah, yeah, always yeah. I mean, Jessica weird. Alba looks like a white chick in uh, Fantastic Four. Like, if you put in yes. weird, like, contacts in someone's eyes, it can really People mess with dark things. eyes should not have yeah. uh, blue contact lenses. Uh, never, ever works. Uh, the reason why I love uh, Stanley Tucci in Spotlight, and I think it's kind of like the Ur-Tucci performance, yeah. is that I think it uses... Uh, the audience's relationship with Tucci in a really, really smart way. Yeah. In that we're used to, like, Tucci comes in, he's a supporting actor, he's a grump. Right. He's going to throw out a lot of real zingers, he's going to be really sharp, and he kind of hates everyone around him. Sure. For reasons that are unexplained. Right. Right, this guy's just got a chip on his shoulder. Right. And I think Spotlight is sort of, like, reveals, unfolds that, like, oh, this guy's talking like a Stanley Tucci character yeah. because he's learned to not trust anyone in the world. Yeah. Right. And that's slowly, at first everyone's just like, oh, he's a bit of a character, you right. know, like he's when he's being spoken of. Right. Yeah. And then you realize like, no, this guy like has to keep all his cards close to his chest. Yes. He can't trust anybody. That's a yes. movie that does a really good job at a casting level oh, where God. like, how many times have you seen Stanley Tucci play the smartest character in a movie? So right. many times. And like that plays into that character so well. Keaton, but goes beyond it. Right. Yeah. And Keaton is sort of like the everyman who's going to like really like, like stress himself out to like the yeah. brink to really get this thing right, and Slattery's going to be the guy who's a little too comfortable in his position. He's yeah. great too. Like yeah, everyone's great. It's yeah, it's the best top to bottom. Crude up's a little year. too slick. You can't really trust him. It's like yeah. it's so well cast. Crude up. Yeah, great, great, oh, all great performance. And, and uh, all the people who play the survivors are great. Oh, you yeah. know, all uh, the Michael people... Cyril Crichton, yeah. who plays the one that Rich McAdams meets up with. I mean, every like the... two line performance in the film is perfect. Fucking Richard Jenkins on the phone is oh, great. Oh god, yeah. uh, you know the people who play like the various higher ups at the. You know, uh, Len Carreyu is great. Yes, uh, wasn't part of the SAG ensemble as laid out you by. Gotta, uh, it's, you gotta have your so dual. You gotta have yeah. your single title card, right? Yeah, it's the weird SAG rule. It is. Um, let me see the rest of my uh, nominees here. Mike Rylance for Despise. I mean, just a great performance from a great actor. That's my winner. I think that's maybe the you performance just want him to of read, the year. Read some poetry from that podium, like he does. I uh, love ceremony. it when he yeah, wins an, so uh, cool. an award for sure. But I mean, go on. Uh, Tom Noonan and Amalisa. Uh, the central sort yeah. of like gimmick He's of that great. film is He's that. Great. Uh, the lead character, everyone looks and sounds exactly the same to him until he meets All Lisa. my favorite parts of Anomalisa are because of Tom Noonan, yeah. I feel like. Well, he's got this really, like, impossible needle to thread. Yeah. Which is, like, play a hundred different characters yeah. who all sound exactly the same, but through performance all come off as different people. Yeah. Because the idea is that they're all blending together for him, so he can't modify his voice at all. Yeah. But they all have to have their own agency, their own yeah. personality, their own different speaking rhythms, you know? He is also the movie's best tie-in to Synecdoche, New York. Because Agreed. he plays the kind of, because in Synecdoche, New York, he's also that kind of like quietly sort of, he's threatening Philip Seymour Hoffman just yeah. by his mere presence there. He's, he's creepy despite seeming really kind and, and unthreatening. And kind yeah. of boring. Yes, and really boring. I just saw his X-Files episode very recently. Oh, I was that's doing a great a, episode. It's maybe my favorite X-Files episode after now watching it again. it's He's so creepy. And for it reminded me that for a while he would only play killers and sort of after Manhunter. Yeah, he played a lot after Manhunter. Yeah. yeah. He's so good in Synecdoche, New York. He would be a nominee. I would have nominated him for that, too. Uh, do you guys want to spotlight some... Uh... 
Yeah. Um, I think, well, let's talk about Spotlight. Nicholas Holt because you he guys was, seem to oh, really like Nicholas he Holt. He'd be cool right pick. behind my list. Yeah. I He's, love that character. And I do not like Nicholas Holt. Until yeah. Mad Max, I had never been a fan of him. It's yeah. his best performance. I had no because I liked him in Skins so much. Yeah, I, I hate him in Skins. Well, you hate the character in Skins because he's such a like, ha- hateable character. It's very true. Um... No, I think he's so. I think he get, he's asked to play such a big character, and asking somebody I think that young and maybe that not super experienced to play a character that big is sometimes a recipe for disaster. Agreed. But like he nails it. All that you know, what a lovely day. Like witness yeah. me. All that stuff fits so perfectly on him because he plays it with that air of vulnerability. That he's like he's sort of the the littlest war boy almost, where he's just like. Got the blood bag hooked up, and he's on his way out. But he's man, he's gonna really try for it. I think his big scene is the one with Riley Co, where he shows her the. Um, That's a good his, scene. Like, tumors. Yeah, he yeah, shows yeah, her his, yeah. his friends or whatever yeah. his but his brothers. I forget what they're called. So, he's something. He yeah. definitely calls them. Whether he's drawn the faces on. Uh, when you said how dangerous it could be for a young actor to be asked to give that big of a character performance, see Dane DeHaan and the Amazing Spider-Man, <sighs> who too. I love, but yeah, yeah, I love him too. That performance sure. is like it's tough, bad on everyone. Yeah. Not his fault. It's everyone's fault. It's, it's America's fault for letting we, we that all, happen. We all took a, took a hit for yeah. that. Yeah. Um, so I left off Sylvester Stallone in Creed. Yeah. And he was like my six. I mean, I, it just he's missed so the cusp for him. He's great in it. He's really, and I was very resistant to not only Creed, yeah, the, the but, myth-making but, around that. But Stallone, too, where I was just like, okay, let's all calm down. I know he was everybody's favorite when they were five or whatever. But like, And then I saw the movie, and it's just like, nope, he really does it. He really pulls it together. He uses his own history. Really well. He uses the character's history. Yeah. He uses his his weird way of speaking. Yeah, I was going to say. Advantage. He yeah. uses his limited sort of, yeah. uh, you know. Toolbox. Yeah, exactly. To, but to every, like to an advantage that he doesn't usually have. I mean, I think he's very well directed. Oh, yeah. Yes. I oh, think yeah, Kugler sure. helps to rein him in at all times, which is like exactly what he needs. Yeah. yeah. Uh, because it's funnier when he's delivering all these lines. We got to catch chicken. Oh, right. chicken's faster than they used to. <laughs> like when he's just kind of like mumbling to himself and puttering around, and like it's, he feels so real. Like talk about the most cartoonish character in like in what Hulk. like yeah, he, he right fought robots. There's been stuff, yeah. six Rockies. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He had a <laughs> robot servant. Right. And yet he feels like a real guy who just kind of like walks in like from the basement. He's like, fought roaring twenties gangsters and Oscar. Yeah, yeah, that's all the same character. Oscar's part of the Rocky verse. Yes. Um, The moment for me in that performance is the scene where he gets the diagnosis, and and the power to that is that he like he's just like he does he goes out of his way to not make it an Oscar scene. Right. You know, yeah. like he doesn't hit any of the notes. So that why didn't you nominate him yet? Well, so you Joe, just want to be like, Tom Noonan. Well, yeah, I mean, I did have enough weirdo Griffin picks that it was hard for me to like. I didn't want to lose any of my guys. I but I also, Joe, as you said, that like he was everyone's favorite actor when they were five. I have specifically disliked Sylvester Stallone really? my entire life. I love the original Rocky. Uh-huh. Uh, there are performances I like, but I just there's something about him that always kind of rubs me the wrong way. And so he totally disarmed me with this performance. But I also I think there is just a little bit of baggage. I'm not holding against him, but when it came down to him or like Noonan, who I felt like was not being you know heralded yeah. by anyone else, he well, just also, made the lost. The, yeah, yeah. There's a tendency to like, well, the Oscar's nominated. He's going to win an Oscar. What does he need my help for? Exactly. I did my feel podcast. like that selfishly. Like yeah. you know, like uh, well, yeah. I'm just I'm going to fit my guys in who yeah. need it. Um, uh, other I'll take guys, care of my guys. You take care of your guys. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Um, what else did I put down here? Um, did you say what your winner would be? I Holt would be my winner. Holt I would be like. your great winner. Joe, so cool. 
love what him I want to do. Movie. But Kyle Chandler would give a lot of chase. Oh, I he's feel great like, in Carol. We yeah. didn't talk. He's so good in that movie. Another one where it's just sort of it's it's that's a character you're not supposed to like. Like I was, yeah. I was very yeah, surprised sure. that I ended up being even a little bit sympathetic to Harge. First of all, his name is Harge. His name so, is what Harge. A great name. Everyone's name in that fucking movie. Oh my god, yeah. deserves a nomination story. for the name alone. Yeah, but he he really there that scene with him and Paulson at the doorway of where the one where it's in the trailer and she's like, I can't help you with that. But like yes. him leading up to that, it's just sort of like there are no there are no true villains in this except for society. Let's all agree. Society's Agreed. Um, Emery Cohen in Brooklyn, you dislike that performance? It's funny. I was the one who really liked him in Place Beyond the Pines, and everybody was just like, ah. But I think there's a little bit of a, the parts of Brooklyn that I don't like are the parts where it seems like him and his Italian family and his little precocious little brother all seemed a little cartoony for me. And uh-huh. he never quite sold me on being this sort of like New York City dreamboat for her. I did. Uh, I'm. I am not crazy about that movie. Yeah. I have my uh, problems with it. Yeah, but um, I just think that's a real star performance. It's a little cartoony. It's a little large, but I just think he's uh, so so charming in it. He's very charming. I don't want to give out an Oscar just for charm, but uh, you know, uh, Donald Gleeson, an actor I usually adore. Yeah, I feel like that movie, and this is my main problem with it. I feel like that movie really grinds to a halt when it goes back to Ireland I because agree. I don't think he provides the same sort of chemistry. I agree. I understand that the whole point is there's supposed to be contrast between the two guys. But for me, it's not even a competition. So when she goes to Ireland, I go, well, just get back to Emery Cohen, obviously. Um, But that performance really, like, Donald Gleeson's performance really, I almost knocked over my water bottle, underlined for me how strong Emery Cohen was and how tricky it is to actually pull off something that looks that seamless if you're doing it correctly. That's fair. My winner would be Michael Shannon for The Night Before. (laughs) Which it's, I haven't seen, so I can't speak to Michael Shannon. Also, I haven't movie. seen. It's my favorite performance of the year. It what also falls he, into the category. What kind of character does he play? Well, so he's totally hidden from the marketing. Yes. Uh, he plays a drug dealer that at the beginning of the film they go to pick up weed from, and they keep on losing their weed. So they come across him like four or five times so in the movie. He's premium rushing them. Well, he, he essentially, and uh, they should have. He should have been nominated for that. Uh, and he should be nominated uh, uh, at 99 Homes, which is great this year. So I'm sort of combining the two performances. I generally don't like him, although I would have nominated him for The Runaways, which nobody saw. I also would have nominated him for so that. Great I would him. nominate him almost every year for whatever he was yeah. in. Yeah, he's good. But um, they, they totally hit this for the marketing. But the main sort of like plot gimmick of The Night Before is that Michael Shannon functions as like a Christmas story. Yeah. Where every time he sees them, he gives them weed that goes into Christmas past, Christmas present, Christmas future. But he just um, takes that in, like insane Michael Shannon energy uh-huh. that sometimes can be overboard if it's not in the right film. Or sometimes it's something like Premium Rush can be so much fun because he's not holding anything back and dolls it way down. Interesting. Totally bottles it. He's totally sedated but terrifying just because you can't figure out what the fuck is up with this guy. And I won't spoil it, but he's got a monologue at the end of the film that's my, my You're favorite You're selling piece. me on seeing this movie, yeah. Griffin. I'll uh, say that. It's great. It's a great performance. Like the movie shows up on HBO. Yeah, the movie is watch. aggressively okay, <laughs> but he's phenomenal in it. Yeah. And it's my favorite performance of the year, period, because I am a maniac. Uh-huh. Ben, any thoughts? I thought Stallone was cool. Stallone was cool. Adam Driver's really good in While We're Young. Agreed, 100%. Oh, yeah. Hate that movie, love Adam Driver. Uh, another one where he should just be an easy villain, but by the end of the movie you're like, even though this guy has kind of been the problem, you know, like he's generated all of the tension in this movie, or a lot of the tension in this movie. I get where he's He's got from. such a great energy and, as an actor. And he, yeah, he does. Uh, it's like he's playing someone who's inauthentic, and then you realize, like, no, this person isn't inauthentic. 
He's just like a different kind of authentic. He doesn't get that what he's doing is inauthentic. I'm not sure Noah Baumbach agrees with you, but I think you're right. I yeah. think Noah Baumbach agrees. Okay. Best yeah. actress. Yes. Um, I think this is the category where we're going to have some overlap. Possibly. My nominees are Charlotte Rampling for 45 years, choosing to disregard recent comments she made to the press <laughs> and just judge her based yeah, on her whatever. performance. Yeah, yeah. Rinko Kikuchi, Kamiko the Treasure Hunter, Nina Haas for Phoenix, Kate Blanchett for Carol, and Rooney Mara for Carol. Joe. All right. I'm actually, I literally wrote down six, so I'm like making this on the fly. Okay, wow. Um, it's a squeaker. It is a squeaker. Kate Blanchett for Carol. Wow. Blythe Danner for I'll See You in My Dreams. Uh, good, good one. Um, Brie Larson for Room, Rooney Mara for Carol, and Charlotte Rampling for 45 years. So we got some overlap. I almost want to just drop Kate Blanchett, just 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 for fun. I almost did actually. Yeah. She was in your fire. Yeah, I, I've I've wavered on this anyway. Okay. Juliette Binoche for Clouds of Silver. There course. you go. Nina Haas for Phoenix. Hey now. Rooney Mara for Carol. Hey now. Charlotte Rampling for Forty Five Years. And Kobe Smulders for Results. Oh, Whoa. there's the Damn. Sims pick. Such a good performance. No one's um, talking about it. I She's forgot to mention good. it, but but uh, Corrigan would be like my my seven, I think, for supporting actor. Yeah, for results, he's great in results. Yeah, I think Guy Pierce is fantastic. I do in too. Results. I think the whole cast is great. That's a, that was like one of the like little movies I saw right at the beginning of 2015 that just never left me. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, after a while, I was like, you know what? That wasn't just like a shitty little indie movie. Like that was one of the best movies I saw all year. Agreed. Uh, my pick, who was just outside Best Actress for me and falls into a similar area, was Alison Brie for uh, Sleeping with Other People. She's great in that movie. <sighs> it's a, it's a, it's kind of a good movie. I it's liked kind it of a good lot. Movie and yeah. she's great in it. Yeah, I'd like to see her make a better movie. I would you know, agree. Leslie Headland. I think and I yes. think that's a good movie. But you know, yeah. I'd like to see her. It wasn't. I thought Bachelorette was a great movie. I thought this was a little bit of a step down, but like different enough that I was like, "You're not just trying to copy yourself," and that's cool. I keep feeling like she's holding back a little something. You think so, Leslie Headland? Dunst still... would have made my top five actresses that year, by the way, for Bachelorette. Great in that. She's so good. Uh, okay, so let's let's go over these. First I almost all, had Nina Haas, by the way. She was the one I dropped at the last second because I you mentioned her, so I was like, "We'll get to talk about." She's her. so fucking. She's good. so good. But we already she's... had. We all agreed on two out of the five. Right. Then we overlapped on uh, Blanchett. Well, yeah, Blanchett. all of us are, we all were on the same page as Mara and Rampling. Right. Yes, Blanchett. we agreed on Blanchett. Uh, David, you and I agreed on Nina Haas. Was right. there another one? No, I think yeah. But this is there's a lot of coverage on this. There's one. a lot of coverage. Right. And the thing is, there are also like ten more great performances. There's yeah. a really there. strong. Uh, what's her name for uh, Tired of a Teenage Girl? Bell Bell Pally. Pally. She was great. Uh, so good. Charlize Theron, yeah, Mad like Max, Kristen Wiig. By the way, you highlighted oh, her. Oh yeah. yeah. I do agree that that's a good performance. I, you know, uh, that move, that movie for some reason didn't click for me. But oh, that's interesting. Um, Wig plays that role so much. You know, the sort of cold supporting character in sure. an indie film. Yeah, but that was not like that sort of phoned in performance that I think she no, does she all the really time. nailed it. I thought. Yeah, she, that was like a scary kind of sad. Like she walked right to the know, edge on that character one. totally. Yeah. Anyway, and uh, Belle Pally's really good. Yep. Emily Blunt Sicario would be right outside there for yep. me, too. Me, too. Blunt's good. I really loved Greta Gerwig and Lola Kirk and Mistress America. I agreed 100%. I loved Charlize Theron in Mad Max. Agreed 100%. I loved Kiki Rodriguez in Tangerine. Agreed. Uh, it was a very strong I loved Tayana Paris in Chirac. Oh, yes. Yes, um, and you know what? Chirac. I love Daisy Ridley in Star Wars The oh, Force Awakens. Yeah. Cool. 
Lily Tomlin movie. and Grandma. It was yep. a very strong year. Yeah, don't like That's Grandma. Lily Tomlin. Love her in that movie. I think she's very good. I think it's a phenomenal performance. You know, I kind of liked Meryl Streep in Ricky and the Flash. I did too. I still haven't seen it. It's not a great movie, <laughs> but it's it's pretty good. I like that movie. So can uh, I stick up for Blythe Danner a second here? Yeah, please. That's, that's, yeah. that's my outlier. Did you guys see that movie? I did not. I did. It's a great movie. I liked it a lot. Yes. And I think she is, It's she would have been my like Lily Tomlin Golden Globe nominee right. for this year. I thought she mm-hmm. was doing that kind of late in life. She's at sort of her, her wits end. She just at the beginning of the movie, her dog dies like, mm-hmm. and she's sort of all alone. And she has these really interesting relationships with Sam Elliott and with Martin Starr. Um, and it's such a like one of those sort of like sensitive, sort of well observed little indie movies about you know people you wouldn't normally see movies about because it's just you know she's an older lady. It's great. Can I spotlight even though he didn't make my list? Sam Elliott had a stellar fucking what year. a good year. Sam Elliott had a great year. I think we've talked about it. I talked about it with Katie. I think we've talked on Twitter. He kind of gets MVP for the that. breath of the word. You've yeah. got Grandma. You're a big fan of his voice performance in The Good Dinosaur. I think the only good voice ah, performance in that film. Right. I think he's excellent in that. Yeah, yeah he's fine. I think he's excellent. I think he's given a fucking Toyota ad performance or what. I, I don't know what 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 ad it is that he does. I I think it's. I mean, great. he's got a great voice. He's yeah. got a great voice. I'm also just like, oh yeah, he should be a T Rex. Like he gets bonus points just for showed he's a T Rex and the teeth showed overlap. Showed up to videology and did a guest round yeah. one time when none of us were there. Yeah. What was the best vocal performance of the year? You're not allowed to say Phyllis Smith and in Inside Out. Because why? Why the, not? Because that's the obvious answer. That's the I just obvious answer. Oh, Newman, Newman, and I'm Yeah, yeah you already had that one. Um. Or, like, what are some vocal performances everyone liked? Well, the entire Inside Out cast is great. I think Polar's totally. amazing. No, yeah. I agree. I agree. Inside yeah. Out. Uh, obviously, Kevin James. I have one that I feel like no yeah, I feel, yeah, I feel like you want to say something. Ben Wishaw and Paddington. Oh, yeah. So he good. Was, I yes, I wasn't thinking that, of it because it's a, an, really a live good. action movie, but that's agree a really 100%. Good. Yep. That's good. Better um, than I could, anything I could come up with. Uh, yes, that's a great Great choice, David. You know who was very disappointing as a vocal performance? Sandra Bullock in Minions. Didn't see it. Did not see Minions yet. I uh, love her. She cannot. That's not a voice character she can pull off. Bob crushed it, though. You have to admit, Bob oh, was so good, of Minions. Course, of course. So much better than those other two jokes. Another good vocal performance? James Spader in Age of Ultron. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yes, sir. Absolutely. Anyway, yes. uh, uh, Ben Schwartz and uh, who and, else? Uh, Bill Hader. And, and Bill, Bill Hader. Hader. Yeah, that's right. Uh, can I spotlight another thing that didn't make uh, it in any category for me? Almost because it is such a true ensemble. Yeah, there's so many good performances. It was hard for me to pick any one of them to spotlight in any of their respective categories. The entire cast of Chirac is fucking unbelievable. It is. Absolutely. Uh, Bassett, Bassett, Tiana Paris. Uh, Nick Cannon's weirdly incredible in yeah, that film. Yeah, he's great. Sammy Jackson. Yeah, all of them Sammy were like Jackson. right Wesley outside the Wesley Snipes is me. really funny. Really like, funny. <laughs> the, sort of, the sort of over-the-top stupid male performances like Wesley Snipes and uh, what's his name? Harris. Steve uh, Harris from The yeah. Practice. Steve yeah. Harris like are really, really funny yeah. Like, yeah. and in like an obvious but a good way. Cusack's right on the edge of working for me. He I think he does. I think, yeah. I think, I think he improbably works. works in that movie. He shouldn't. Yeah. Yeah. He really shouldn't, but he does. Yeah. D.B. Sweeney's eating a big ham sandwich. He's but everyone else, sandwich. I think, yeah. Jennifer Hudson can't quite keep up, but I think everybody else is yeah. doing it. Yeah, uh, really, really good uh, bunch of performances in that movie. Okay, so let's go through the rest of these Best Actress picks. Yeah. Um, I mean, first of all, we all just acknowledge, yeah, Rooney Moore's the fucking lead of that movie. Oh, of Carol? She's 100%. Arguably she's, over Kate Blanchett. I think she's my winner. Yes, yes. I think she's my winner. She's my winner. Yeah. 
Beast might win. It's and I'm not cut. normally a giant Rooney Mara fan. Yeah, I am a giant Rooney Mara I am too. fan. I am seven. Well, you guys love Rooney Mara. Mara. I, you I, love I, that Soderbergh movie she made. Side Effects. Great yeah. film. She's a four-time nominee for me. Yeah, I would have nominated her for Side Effects wow. as well. Four Dragon time. Tattoo, Side Effects, this and what? You got you to gotta guess. Okay. It's a supporting actress nomination. Social Network? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. oh yeah. Just on the edge of cameo, She's but yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I nominated yeah. her for Pan. That joke doesn't even work. <laughs> that joke doesn't even work because I've already done that category. And also, Dumb. have you seen Pan? No, I saw the trailer. She looked good. <laughs> She's not great in Pan. Really? No. Not I love surprising. Rooney Mara, but that yeah. is no no good. Uh, I love Rooney Mara because I love scared birds. Uh, she looks like a bird that's terrified that her, her eggs are going to be stolen at any moment. <laughs> <laughs> I saw her at a Q&A for Side Effects where it was her and Soderbergh and Jude Law and the screenwriter. Mm-hmm. And every time she was asked a question, she would like curl up in her seat Love and it. turn over to like either Jude Law or Soderbergh and be like, and sort of like whisper to them. And they'd be like, so what Rooney's trying to say. And it was just like. <laughs> Love it. Good Lord. She's an odd one. She is. She's uh, It's a great performance. It's a perfect use of her. Uh, my winner, it, it, it's almost like a coin toss between her and Nina Haas. Yeah, um, Haas is amazing. Phoenix if is people a haven't seen Phoenix, yeah. it's I believe it's on Netflix. It is on Netflix. It's That's what easy I thought. To watch. I saw it it's on a ninety-minute, tense psychological kind of kind of thriller, kind of noiry, kind of noiry movie. Hitchcockian. Uh, if if someone tells you it's a Holocaust movie, like don't go in thinking like, oh, I'm gonna be like really just the bumped Holocaust out. Holocaust yeah. is over by the time the movie starts. You guys, <laughs> guys, yeah, it's over. <laughs> I'll say this um, as a disclaimer too. My 17 year old sister was sick recently, asked for a movie recommendation to watch. I said you should watch Phoenix because she mm-hmm. likes sort of Hitchcocky stuff like that. And she's sick, so her you know attention is a little shot. Whatever. Yeah. Like 40 minutes, and she was like, "This is really slow." And I was like, "Give it 10 more minutes." Yep. The movie takes a long time to set up. It's intriguing, it it but if you're not really on board with it, you sure. might be going like, is this going to meander? Yeah. Once it clicks into place, the second half of the film is just like you're a just, fucking you're freight You're just train. gripping your hands into your legs. Yes. You know, it's like, ah. And I what? almost don't want to talk about a performance no. too much because I want people who are listening to this right now it's to watch it going in. Yeah. One of those things. Last scene. But it's, yes. It's, you know, we it, can't yeah. talk about it. The last, the last scene's scene. incredible, but it's also a performance where she is, without spoiling anything, having to sort of play people playing people. Yeah. So it's like a performance about performances, yep. and it's uh, just, yeah, fascinating. I want to see her in a Michael Haneke movie oh, tomorrow. Yes. Like, I want it to happen immediately. Oh, hello. Yeah. All right. So we've done Actress. I yeah. love Binoche in Clouds of Sils Maria. I imagine you guys like Binoche. Binoche is great. Binoche yeah. is great. When, when's Binoche bad? Not, pretty much never. Pretty much never. Never. Yeah. I guess I go... Uh, it's funny to think back on how much I resented that Chocolat nomination now that yeah. I like yeah. absolutely love her. But she man. shouldn't have been nominated, but she's pretty no. good at Chocolat. Oh yeah. 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 Like that yeah. like that whole thing is a is a mystery how that I mean it's not a mystery, we all know how, but like um <laughs> She should have yeah. been nominated for Godzilla instead. And I was and she's that I was like Godzilla. riding hard for Zellweger that year for Nurse Betty. It's such an odd thing to think of now in twenty sixteen. Like she's she's good in this great. Without movie. opening up a big can of worms, I do think we have to talk about rampling for just a second and not talk about Fra- the controversy. Fraulein rampling? Yes. Yes. Well, I Fraulein rampling. Um I I think it like it now has become difficult to stand up for that performance because she just stuck her foot so I mean, hard in her mouth. Oh, whatever. It's the performance is the performance though. Yeah, so I, I, I agree, so. and I also think in a way that performance is like a masterclass in what screen acting is. Yeah, because it's all like reactions. It's all watching her think. Watching know? her in a scene where she's not talking is the best yeah. screen watching in a movie this year. Yes, it's so agreed, hundred percent. Um, I I'd maybe pick Nina Haas as my one. I don't. God, I wish we all. Agreed on some. Rudy Mara's right there. I don't know. I could go either way. Uh, Rampling's amazing in 45 years. Uh, she lives in France. They say a lot of weird I was going to yeah. say, like, 
people I, like yeah. also they're all like it's that streep thing the other day where she's like we're all african in the end it's like that's just a dumb thing that actors say. People just shouldn't be talking about this. They interviews. always talk about how the human experience is yeah. one and whatever. Like that's just like okay. yeah. As someone who wrote the famous uh, term paper uh, back in blackface, <laughs> my, my lesson I've learned is if you are white, maybe just you can just maybe have an just opinion don't. and not have to talk about it in interviews. Other than I saying mean, yeah, we should be more diverse. We, we don't take a long we don't sip of your read, coffee. We don't want to read into people's psychological. You know, we don't know sure. states too much, but like sure. it, there, you can definitely imagine like Charlotte Rampling, someone who's been kind of roundly outside Hollywood. Yes, this is my her entire career. Yes. Yeah. Finally, like gives this like it's a dynamic performance. Finally gets an nomination. In this fucking thrillingly depressing and scary right. and quiet little movie. Right. And she gets her nomination, right. And, and it's, all anybody talks about. Yeah, and then like it's the, like, Like eh, a minute after the nomination's like she come out. she sits down in an interview and it's like, well, what do you think? I mean, but like, I can't really defend her because she said like no, racist it's against dumb. white people. It's a stupid, dumb well, thing to say. She, I think she, like a six-year-old, was like, you're exactly. taking this away from me. I want this Oscar. Right. Um, uh, annoying that she had to say that. of how incredibly sheltered a lot of actors really are. Yeah, and also Francis Kuki. Yep. Uh, as we said. Okay, best actor. Actor. Ben, any thoughts on actress? I, I mean, I no, I didn't okay, see any actor, of these movies. I don't actor. know. <laughs> sorry, best. Don't be sorry. Actor. Paul Dano, Love and Mercy. All right. Andrew Garfield, Ninety Nine Homes. Tom Hanks, Bridge of Spies. Michael B. Jordan, Creed. Ian McKellen, Mister Holmes. Ah, that's interesting. Joseph. Now All right. this is oh. a weird category. Weird we year. should say because like. One of the weakest best actor categories in years. Incredible. The I, Oscar nominees were kind of. A I match one Bummer. of the Oscar nominees, and it's kind of amazing that I do because it's such a weak Oscar category this year. I match zero. I just realized. Yeah. That. Yeah. Um, I have Adam Driver for Hungry Hearts. Either wow! Did you see that movie? I did not. It's I've good. heard of it. He's Ooh. real good. He's yeah. real good in it. He won the Golden Lion or whatever. Yeah, Didn't he Venice. win the at Venice? Yeah. Yep. Uh, he did. Uh, Michael Fassbender for Steve Jobs. Okay. Andrew Garfield for Ninety Nine Homes. Hey now. Michael B. Jordan for Creed. Hey now. And Geza Rorig for Son of Saul. David. S- Michael B. Jordan for Creed. Hey. hey. Three out of three. Yeah. Samuel L. Jackson for The Hateful Eight. Cool. Okay. Josh Lucas for The Mend. Right. Peter Sarsgaard for Experimenter. Wow. And Jason Siegel for The End of the Tour. He was one of my runners up. Can't believe he didn't get more traction this year. He, he should have. Uh, I think it was category good. confusion fucked him over. I think it's true. Paul Tano, um, too. Yep. Um, now, David, uh, I asked you a couple weeks ago what your five was, and Experimenter was not in there. Have you mm-hmm. watched it that recently? No. Experimenter comes in and out. Because I think, did I have Fastbender there? Yeah, probably. Yeah, uh, yeah. Experimenter sort of comes in and out. I think Fastbender's wonderful in Steve Jobs, and he'd be uh, a worthy winner for me almost. Mm-hmm. But uh, I loved Experimenter. I saw it a while ago. I it, should it, see that. I didn't see it. Uh, it's the movie about Stanley Milgram. It's a biopic. It's a Michael Al- Almayerda movie. I don't know yeah. how you say his name. This guy did Hamlet, right? The Ethan yeah. Hawke Hamlet? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And a bunch of other things that I and no one else have ever seen. Um, but it is all on Sarsgaard, that movie. Like, because he has to talk to the camera over and over mm-hmm. again. He has to do all these weird things. It's like he's presenting a biopic as a university lecture. It shouldn't work. There's a scene where he's walking down... No, here. Well, you know, the, the Milgram experiment involves like buzzing noises, you know, because it's like right. I keep getting that movie shocks. confused with Stanford Prison Experiment right. for that very reason. And uh, there's one scene early on. It, the movie is so you guys should really see. I, it. I do want to see it. Yeah. There's one scene early on where he's meeting Winona Ryder, who plays his eventual wife, at a party. Love it. After yep. doing the first like uh, buzzer experiment, 
and someone buzzes into the apartment, like the intercom buzzes for a second, and Sarsgaard just like breaks and just goes like, huh? And like looks over <laughs> his shoulder. And like that's the kind of movie this is. Okay. He like okay. walks down the corridor delivering whole monologues to you about what's happening in his life while an elephant walks behind him for no reason in a hallway. And like that's never explained. Sarsgaard rules. Like near the That's end good. of his like uh, near the end of his life, because the movie charts his whole life, he like walks up to a hospital desk and says like something, and the lady's kind of rude to him, and he just goes like, "Charming," or like right to the camera. It shouldn't work. Sarsgaard is like one of the most transfixing actors. Can we get a ruling on Sarsgaard and Black Mass? I was gonna say he gave two of my favorite performances so in terrible movies in Black this Mass. year. I think it works. Yeah. I think it's the only performance that works in that movie, really. Yeah. I think he's great in Pawn Sacrifice. I was going to say the same thing. I was just about to bring up Pawn Sacrifice. Two movies I don't like. I thought together. he killed it in both of them. Yeah. Um, you know who's tough. not making my best actor list is Tobey Maguire for Pawn no. Sacrifice. Uh, tough to be bad. <laughs> tough to be great in a bad film, though. And Peter yeah. Sarsgaard pulled it yeah. off twice this year. Yeah. I need to watch Experimenter. I never saw Black Man. I didn't want to do that. Really? To Good for you. Well, watch Good those you, five minutes that Peter Sarsgaard's in. I'd say it's the only part worth watching. <sighs> anyway, but I think Fastbender's amazing in, in Steve Jobs, I and so I should just watch Steve Jobs again. I've only mm-hmm. seen it twice. He's so comfortable like, with all of Jobs' bad parts. Mm-hmm. And yet, and I, I think Jesse Eisenberg's very good in The Social Network, but I think one of the things that I didn't love about The Social Network was the way Aaron Sorkin was just sort of like so incredibly judgy of his characters in that movie, and Zuckerberg in particular. And I think Sorkin's better at that in in Steve Jobs of he shows the bad parts of Jobs but doesn't really try and like be like it's because he's into computers that he yeah. has no soul. Yeah. And I think Fassbender is probably better at than Eisenberg at not judging his Steve Jobs, his character, for his sort of fa- mm-hmm. failings and, and his shortcomings. Foibles. His foibles. Let's talk about Jordan because he's the one we all agreed he's on. He's my number one. He's my number one, too. I my winner. out a star-making performance. Yep. The theater going, oh, this guy's going to win Best Actor. I thought he was going to just he should sweep be. He the should whole be season. days away from winning Best it's Actor. A, it's right insane. Now. I mean, A, it's a star-making performance. B, it's a full-course meal. He does yeah. everything you want out of an actor in a leading role. Yeah. He holds the screen. He plays every possible emotion. I mean, people fucking talk about, oh, my God, Leo was out in the cold and he ate a liver. Michael B. Jordan got knocked out six times filming this movie and isn't going around patting himself on the back for it. It's like, oh, that's part of the job. Do you know how many times I've seen a movie where the main character is good at something and then goes and tries to, like, smooth on a girl or whatever, and I find him completely insufferable? Yeah. And he should, like, that's by all reasons he should come off that way in Creed, and he totally doesn't. He's so good in those scenes with Tessa Thompson. Every scene's a minor miracle. Oh, man, their first date scene. Right? Incredible. Incredible. It's, it's really good. That's and where the movie right. really like, He clicks. should yeah. be being a smoothie. He should be annoying the shit out or of him. Or being things. like kind of annoyingly awkward or whatever. Yeah. He's neither. He's What's a regular his, person. What, what, whiplash comes to mind in that regard. Like all those Miles Whiplash is such, a, is such whiplash. an arch movie. And those scenes are the most arch scenes, yeah. right? Yeah. Where they're, they're like, it's like almost like they're getting ready to pull the rug out from under you. Right. And like, yeah, those scenes are. Who's the girl? The girl's kind of. Uh, Melissa Benoist, who's yes, super girl right. now. I think it's very good in Whiplash. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, there is, uh, it's been talked about a lot from a filmmaking perspective, the first main fight in uh, Creed, his like, qualifying fight, it's all done in one continuous shot without Great. edits. It's real good. People talk a lot about, oh, as a director, that's crazy to plan that out, and as a cinematographer, to camera operator, to move around the mm-hmm. actors like that. Mm-hmm. As an actor, that's an insane feat. Yeah. Because he has to look like he's really boxing, the punches have to look like they're really landing, which is why he got knocked out a bunch of times filming that, Right. right? Um, but also the choreography has to be really sharp and really precise because not only does he have to hit the beats they need for the fight, 
but he has to move out of the way of the camera. Yeah. So like uh, in in my uh, small role on the new HBO series Vinyl now streaming on HBO Go and such platforms. HBO now um, as well probably. Okay. Yes, they do a lot of like uh, a steady cam long shots like that. And it's really difficult in a way I never understood before having to do that because mm-hmm. what will happen is if there's like a steady cam shot with eight characters and they go acting, oh, just be present, listen, stay in the moment. You're doing your scene, you hit your line, and then you have to take four steps back mm-hmm. to let the camera come through. Right, right, And then right. you have to land back in the position so that geographically you are where you were established previously. So you got to like step out, step in, step out, step in. have to be in. super technical and like in it. The fact that he pulls off that scene is insane and it looks like a real fight the entire time. Yeah. And it goes from his nerves before the fight to his like elation after the fight. Yeah, continuous. I mean, that alone, I I feel like it's that's brilliant. that's an Oscar. Yeah, he's a star. He's the best. You know, when people talk about the Oscar so white thing, that's the one that's sort of inarguably egregious. Absolutely. People could go, oh well, Greta Compton didn't deserve to be nominated for Best Picture. Okay, that's an argument you can make. Sure. You know, I think it deserved it over other things that were nominated, but it wouldn't have made my ten. Correct. Um, Michael B. Jordan, it's, it's insanity for him to not get nominated. Yep. Uh, especially in a big hit film. Uh, we didn't overlap on anything else, right? All three of us. Uh, no, you and I had Garfield. Oh, yeah, we both had Garfield. I really liked him in that movie. So, so I was good. sort of bummed that Michael Shannon was the one getting the awards attention for that. He got a lot of those precursor nominations for that. I thought Garfield was... This is a movie I saw a long time ago. I saw two Toronto film festivals ago, so it's, okay, like, it's wow. not super fresh in my memory. Yeah, But he's... it's. I think it's... I always think of the accent, which is like kind of a dumb first compliment for someone. But mm-hmm. like he's one of those rare not American actors who can hit an American accent so without making well. me feel like yeah. I'm going crazy. Like yeah. Donald Gleason's really good, but I hate his American accent. Like it's it's my least favorite thing about him. Uh-huh. And I think Garfield really nails it. Um, I think, um, you know, he's a wiry guy. Yeah. Um, you know, he's, he's pretty uh, slim. He's got a, a high pitched voice. He's playing in this a real like blue collar. What he's a voice that guy has! The best. <laughs> but he's like a you know construction worker, like contractor guy in like Florida, and you could see a lot of other actors like him, especially like a guy who's sort of of like a, you know posh British background or whatever, really trying to like up the machismo in a way to mm-hmm. like be like oh, I gotta be like a guy's guy. Yeah, and he gets that across in a way where you're like doesn't feel forced. Oh, but this is what a real guy is like who works construction, not like a movie like manufacturing of that type of like what it is. And he doesn't play up his character sort of like saintly working classness either. Like you see why he like falls down this rabbit hole of working for this guy who's flipping homes and who's sort of screwing people out of their mortgages and and even little details like his cigarette work in that movie is unbelievable. Underrated the, aspect. The way he keeps the the thing he does with his mouth to keep the cigarette in there while he's working is so yeah. specific. Where it's like, oh, he needs to have a tight grip on that. Yeah. Because he's working machinery and shit. Yeah. Great, great performance. Uh, Ian McKellen in Mr. Holmes, a movie I think is fine. I thought it was. I thought it was pretty un- underwhelming. But I think it's a pretty great like lifetime achievement Oscar. He has to play like he deserves one of those his own age, sure. and he, he plays does. like ninety five in the film as well. Yeah. And uh, best puttering of the year, <laughs> he wins my putters and murmurs award, which last year would have gone to uh, Timothy Spall for, for uh, Mr. Uh, Turner. Mr. Yeah, Mr. Turner. So good. If if you have an old like a veteran British character actor playing a film in which they are the title character with Mister before their last name <laughs> and they putter and murmur, I will give you a nomination. <laughs> um, he's great. He would almost be my winner, but I, I probably want to go with Michael B. Jordan. Uh, Tom Hanks' Bridge of Spies just reminds us why he's a movie star. It's very solid. Oh, um, wonderful. An effortless performance that could only be done by someone who is that comfortable in their skin, knows their power. 
um, doesn't push it too hard. Yep. And and just his work on having a head cold in the latter half of the film <laughs> is unbelievable. That's true. Because he, you like, I, I you keep on forgetting. Like he's getting into these long monologues where he's so caught up in what he's saying, yeah. and you're like, is he just tired this day? And then he like takes out the tissue. It's like, right, no, he's just got a little bit of a cold. It's one of those great ways of like ramping up tension in something without having to like put more stakes on the so outcome. Good. It's just sort of like, oh no, he's also just like, oh, he's so miserable. Just want to get home. Want to get back into bed. Yeah. Uh, Paul Dana Love and Mercy, a great performance. Um, I think he's very good in that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and uh, I think he also got fucked over by category placement. Yeah. Uh, other ones you guys want to spotlight? Lucas is great in the Mend. You guys Still should all watch, watch the Mend. It. It's on Netflix. I think yeah. you just watched it. Yeah, I saw. I just saw it recently. And Lucas, Lucas is an actor who I'm rooting for. I feel me like. too. Me too. That's a movie that's a little tough for me. I think movies that sort of really try and sort of revel in check how, out this jerk. Yeah, exactly. Look at this jerk. I really uh, root for this jerk. Root for this jerk. Movies are not my favorite. And I, I waver on him, and yet yeah. I, I rooted for that jerk in the Mend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you, you get him. What you was last him. year's Alex Ross Perry movie? Well, that wasn't Alex. Oh, listen but your last year, listen up, Philip. That was another root for this jerk kind of movie. Yeah. That one was more interesting because that one, what I liked about, listen up, Philip, we should probably move on. But still, yeah. the fact that it <laughs> like cuts, that the cuts in the middle to Elizabeth That's Moss, the key to the like, entire film. Oh, yes. right. Yeah, okay. The key okay. to the entire yeah. film. Uh, um, and then Jason Siegel's incredible in the end of the tour. It's yeah. a lead performance. Yeah. Everyone shut up. I also have not seen that yet. I need to see that. Also, Seek Out Hungry Hearts, I'm telling you. He, Adam Driver is very, very good. He plays a dad, recently married, a new dad whose wife is sort of tumbling down this rabbit hole of not trusting the outside world and Western medicine and baby food companies. So, like, all of a sudden it's just like, what is she feeding their kid? And he's got to figure out a way to to deal with it. I believe he's that's very... on Netflix as well, streaming right now. I think, I think you are correct. Uh, ben was champing at the bit. You look like you have something to say. Oh, well, I just wanted to add that I really kind of hope that DiCaprio doesn't win. Oh, me too. Like, Nothing I'm so excited to watch his face. It'd be really funny. It'd be really funny. He's totally going to win, but it'd be really funny. I mean, it's okay. almost rigged when you look at the nominations. Like, yeah. It's like so clearly pointing to him. But... Well, especially, we just point oh. out so many good contenders, some yeah. of whom were in big films that got nominated in other categories. Yep. And it feels like they were just like, let's nominate four Patsies so that we can like, not that <laughs> yeah, the other nominees totally. are bad, but like yeah. none of them have what it takes to win. Right. Exactly. DiCaprio is the only one who has a shot. Yeah. Um, I hope he loses so hard. I, I think that is not a good performance. I love DiCaprio sometimes. I think he's got certain really bad um, uh, habits that he can go into when he's trying to prove that he's a grown-up and a tough guy and this and that. I think this is a collection of all his worst traits. Given who actor. is nominated this year, though, I would almost be like, you know what, give it to DiCaprio, and then we don't have to go through this whole rigmarole next time. I agree. With like, yeah. oh, will he win? What's Get he got to do it. to win? What does he have to like? What hardships does he have to yeah. go through? To, it's, it's a, like, it's a it's weak fine. year. Get it over with. Get it over Rip with. Rip the band-aid oh, Whatever. Exactly. I hate it. Best director. Yes. My nominees are Todd Haynes for Carol, Steven Spielberg for Bridge of Spies, George Miller for Mad Max Fury Road, Sean Baker for Tangerine. Baker's a good one. And you know what? I wrote down something different here, but I'm, I'm going to fucking flip it around. Ryan Coogler for Creed. That's good. Ah, uh, That's also maybe a good one for me. You're making me question my picks. I had put in Charlie Kaufman and Duke Johnson for Anomalisa. Boo. Which I love. <laughs> Not a fan of it. Yeah, me too. But, but Brian Coogler, I just I think that's like such an incredible calling card movie. Yeah. Um, and an impossible task. I mean, you look at what he was trying to do, and you look at in a year where, you know, we all like The Force Awakens. Yeah. 
But like Creed, he pulls it off effortlessly in every yeah. box, which is like make a film that reminds you of the original ones, mm-hmm. charts out new territory, yep. erases the things that people don't want to remember from the previous, yep. introduce a new star that you want to follow for as many films as you followed the original characters. Um, really unshowy, but really precise. Every yeah. shot, every cut has meaning. Um, and just a real authenticity and a real passion. He's great. Yeah. Um, uh, Todd Haynes. Oh, oh, yeah. Let's. Oh, let's, yeah. Do you want me to get mine? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Todd Haynes for Carol. Uh huh. Mia Hansen Love for Eden. Mm-hmm. Uh, Joshua Oppenheimer for The Look of Silence. Mm-hmm. Ooh. George Miller for Mad Max Fury Road, and Laszlo Nemes for Son of Saul. Okay, David. Uh, Olivier Assayas for Clouds of Seals Maria. Todd Haynes for Carol, George Miller for Mad Max, Mia Hansen Love for Eden, yeah. and Stevie Spielberg. Stevie Spielberg. <laughs> Good old Stevie Spielberg. You guys, yeah, I feel like you guys are very big champions of British Spies. Yeah, I feel like that it. one's hanging out in my like 20 to 30 range. For it's the my year, number is, three. It's my number seven. Very good. But we'll get to that. Yeah. Um, uh, great movie. Love it. Uh, you know, I, I think uh, we take them for granted now. And well, I, I think, think that's oh, we true. do. Yeah, and the film is so low key. Yeah. The amount of people I see who write off is going like, "Oh, it's like a good dad movie." It is. And it's like yeah, because it's not trying to do anything flashy. It's right. just a good story, right. well told. Uh, that's another film where if you look at the blocking of every scene, yeah. every single camera movement in that film is justified and is linked to revealing something about character or action or something like that. It's all giving me flashbacks to the year I defended War Horse for an entire award season. God, I loved War Horse. That was a tough position to stake out. I don't envy that. Tintin was that same year, right? It was. I was all about that Tintin. Living that Tintin life. (laughs) But let's let's not dwell too much on the directors, because we're about to do our best. Yeah, I was going to say, we can talk about that within uh, the context. And I think, I mean, I'm guessing here. Unless anybody has a director who's not on their best picture list. Well, are we doing five or ten for picture? Coogler would be right out of my ten. I, you know, they're it's all like, in my top ten. Yeah, yeah. I'd say Creed would be list. out of my top ten rather. You okay. didn't pick. Uh, I don't. I can't pronounce his last name, but the Revenants director. Oh no, I hate him. And Yaritu. Yeah, you guys hate him. Uh, he is the I'm winner. Not a fan. He's the winner of my 2016 Punch in the Dick Award. You have a lot of different awards, Chris. Yeah, he's my new Colin Trevorrow. Award. If you see my, uh, mumbles and murmurs, yes. Uh, if you see Colin Trevorrow, please punch him in the penis. Same two. Alejandro Gonzalez in or two, but he's gonna win. I mean, oh boy, I hope not. He might win. Yeah, I, I, I think, think he's. I think at this happen. point, I think we all need to start making our peace with the fact that Inari two and the Revenant are both winning. He's the Oscars. Emperor's new movie. You know, it's yeah. like he's like that's that's his whole thing. Is it's like oh these films so see I live in my oh in the desert is cold. Uh, it's, it's about the be... art, the struggle, and it's like the movie's about nothing. Both of those movies are about nothing. Birdman's about nothing. It's gonna be really great when Colin Trevorrow gets pulled off of episode nine, only to be replaced with, with Alejandro Gonzalez and Yari. Too. I am going to blow a fuse. <laughs> um, who do we all pick in this? For winner? Yeah, Haynes, Todd Haynes for Carol, David, Olivier Assayas. I thought we were gonna Haynes, all link choice. up in this. Haynes, I, I go, George Miller? I go George Miller. He's I know it's good. most director. It is oh, definitely great, most but, director. But the, I think that's the toughest film to pull off. I almost never don't pick my favorite movie of the year for best yeah. director. Yeah, I yeah. think, you know. Or are you are you a hardliner for that? Shouldn't, yeah, you, shouldn't split? You know, nine times out of ten. Yeah. Not yeah. always. Well, I, I guess that makes me a hardliner. Perhaps foreshadowing as we go on to best picture. Yes. Gentlemen, are we going to do this in any sort of ranked order? Or do we want to? I have them ranked one to ten. Do you have them ranked one to ten? I have them ranked. Okay, so let's start at ten. Okay. Number ten. Number ten. In Jackson Heights. Creed. 
I was on the cusp between two films for number ten here, and I'm I'm gonna make just a, a last second choice to Do flip it. one what out. What I had written down here. Number ten, Mustang. Mustang's mm. good. Mustang's real good. Best foreign language film nominee. Number nine. Number nine, Mad Max Fury Road. Mistress America. Phoenix. Good choice. Number eight. Mistress America. Phoenix. Kamiko <laughs> the Treasure Hunter. <laughs> nice. Yeah, that's a good one. Number seven. Spotlight. Bridge of Spies. Inside Out. Number six. Steve Jobs. Inside Out. Anomalisa. <laughs> Number <laughs> five. Room. Tangerine. Carol. Number four. Eden. Eden. Furious 7. <laughs> Eden's a great movie, by the way. We haven't talked about it. We should. Yeah, it's really good. Uh, number three. Furious Son seven. of Saul. Mad Max Fury Road. Bridge of Spies. Number two. The Look of Silence. Carol. Tangerine. Number one. Carol. Clouds of Sils Maria. Mad Max Fury Road. There we go. That was easy uh, for everyone to hear. It was understand. a hurricane of titles yeah. coming at you. All of those movies are worth seeing. Yeah. Yeah, this David. We don't really disagree. David, talk to me about Eden. We really love. I still haven't seen it. It's incredible. Ethan's like, uh, is it three hours long? I don't think it's quite that long. Two hour forty-five minute. I'll say that. uh, Epic about the French house music scene in the nineties. Yep, stretches quite a long period of time. Like it's telling a long story. Very immersive. Very kind of. it 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 brings you through that history yes. in a way that like you'll remember even if you were not into house music as I wasn't really. No. Um, there's a there's a great sort of like atmospheric, uh, ness to it. Absolutely. Really yeah. It's it's about artistic expression huh? and stasis. Yes. You know, and like how you know following your passions can be rewarding, but then can also be like devastating mm-hmm. to your for life in a, in a weird sort of quiet and slowly building kind of way and as and this like this just constant wallpaper of this really fantastic music that will yes. really sort of like as you're going through there's like there's ennui and there's sort of indecisiveness as you're saying but like it just like this music sort of propels you from scene to scene in a way that's just I agree I was so happy after seeing that movie uh, everyone in it is good. Felix de Givry, who yeah. plays the lead actor he'd be the runner up for me and that uh, you know uh, yeah he was one of my runners up uh, it's Mia Hansen Love, who's a great director. Everything she's made is worth checking out. Uh, Goodbye, First Love is one of my favorites. I got hers. to talk to them after I saw that movie at uh, Toronto mm. a couple years ago, and it was one of my better experiences oh, yeah. at that film festival. She's married to the director of your number one. Yeah. She's yeah. married to Olivier Assayas. I love both of power them couple. so much. Jeez. They're a real power couple. Yeah. And uh, it's great. Anyway, so guys, check out Eden. I have no idea how. Yeah, I uh, it it on... came out. Yeah, I, I bet you you'd probably have to like pay a few bucks to rent it yeah, on Amazon or something it. like that. But it's, it's clear out a few hours and yeah. sit down. Could and be in such a cheapskate. Pay pay a little bit. It's more. a good movie to see, be trapped within a theater. Absolutely, you know, it's a good movie you don't want to be distracted from. But go on, yeah, it's all about mood and slowly building that mood. Totally. Uh, I just want quickly because I picked it in a few categories. I just want to throw a little spotlight because it also is on Netflix and Amazon Prime, I believe. Uh, Kamika the Treasure Hunter. Mm-hmm. Which I love it's a cool little is movie. a film based on a urban legend that has existed for a long time about a Japanese woman who saw the movie Fargo and because at the beginning of the film it says based on a true story, right. believes that there's actually this briefcase with the money buried in the snow and goes to Minnesota to try to find the briefcase. Mm-hmm. And it's a fascinating movie because it's like loosely based on a true story that they didn't do any research into in the same way that Fargo mm-hmm. is loosely based on urban legends that they didn't do any research into. Yep. Uh, so it's a movie about movies and our relationship with movies. Rinko Kikuchi is one of my favorite performances of the year. Uh, the Zellner Brothers, uh, who I haven't seen either other films. I know they are sort of uh, have a I solid reputation as indie uh, uh, brother. Uh, they're kind of the next Coen Brothers in a weird sort of way. So it's a, yeah. a lot of interesting layers to that movie. Mm-hmm. I love it. 
Uh, we didn't talk about Inside Out at all because I feel like everyone in America has talked about Inside Out. Like we all movie. like Inside Out. It's a good movie. It's a real good movie. Uh, Phoenix we've talked about. I'm looking through these. Carol we all love. We're all gaga about. Yeah. Uh, that's your winner. That's my number one. Yep. Um, I think that as soon as I saw that movie, I was like, this is going to be very, very hard to displace as my number one. It's It comes together. All the, it's got all the elements. I'll say that the reason why Mad Max is my number one, it's the opposite thing where every time I saw it, it got better. Yeah. I saw it the first time I liked it. I saw it with you, David. You invited me to a critic screening. Correct. And I had- It's s- where we came up with the black blank check concept. Oh, that's true. Yes. I came in like- I don't remember. You what came was in happening. with like I have a I have a like sort of overarching theory of what our podcast is about. I also came in with hives. I don't remember why it was happening. Oh no, that's right. I was itching the whole movie. And my eyes were like I, I I had a very difficult time physically watching it the first time yeah. the movie, and I was like, this is great, but I'm in an intense it's amount very of discomfort. Intense. It's an intense movie, and my whole body was burning. Yeah. Uh, so I saw it a second time. So all those boils on the screen were probably yeah. not. Uh, doing much for you. Right. And I was like, I know I think this movie's excellent. I got to see a second time where my body is calmed the fuck down. Yeah. And I saw a second time and it grew for me. I think I saw it four times in theaters. Wow. Um, I just think it's a miracle movie. It doesn't make sense that it exists. It it's... weirdly holds up on television. I saw it on HBO yeah. a little bit ago and I was surprised at how much I still was like super into it. It gets deeper for me every time. Yeah. Uh, every time I watch it when I'm, you know, more familiar with the world, I'm able to focus on other elements and just see how fully mm-hmm. realized every single choice in that film is yeah. towards building a world and towards um, sort of asking questions about the world that we live in. Yeah. Reflects the world that we live in. Also, it does a bang up job with like geography in terms oh, of it's, action yeah. and in terms of narrative and like where things are going. You always know exactly where you are, where the characters are, where their pursuers are, like all of that. Uh, I read an interview with him where he said because he knew how many cuts he was going to have and how much movement he was going to have within the frames that he always, in it, this runs throughout the entire movie, the most important element is always dead center at the center of the frame. Yeah. And if you watch it, it's like, Every frame is perfectly composed so that you know what your eyes are supposed to go to first. Yeah. Uh, he's a smart guy. Uh, Tangerine, I love. I talked about the performances, but it's, uh, for those who that don't know. That was just outside my top Also 10. on Netflix, I believe. Is on yep. Netflix. Um, and it was shot entirely on an iPhone 5. Um, Which I noticed for the entirety of the first scene and then not at all after that. Uses it so well. Yeah. I would even consider putting it in my, my cinematography nominees. Over something like The Revenant that's technically so accomplished. Right. That's the one thing I like about that movie is the cinematography. But Tangerine— But it calls attention to itself in The Revenant yes. so much in a way um, that, like, Tangerine really just doesn't ask for that kind of applause. They make it to an aesthetic choice, but also you see how the fact that they are shooting on an iPhone affects, I think, in a positive way, mm-hmm. the performances from all these non-professional actors yep. where they're so much more comfortable on screen. They're able to get these amazing long takes where they're, like, walking down the streets of Hollywood. And no one's stopping them because they don't have to lay out track. Sure. They yeah. don't have to block out lights. They're just following someone around with an yeah, iPhone. Yeah, it's a movie that has a sense of its city. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. obviously that guerrilla filmmaking style probably helped with that. I talked um, to Sean Baker. Did you? Uh, he's yeah, smart. he's a wonderful guy. And he was very interesting uh, in terms of talking about micro budgeting mm-hmm. and how he feels like. I can't remember. I wish I could remember the exact amount of days they shot for. It's something like two weeks. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And he was saying like micro budget movies these days, they shoot for a week. You can't do that. Everyone's bad the first four days. Right. Essentially, the way you put it, you yeah. need like this cushion because everyone sucks 
at acting yeah. and they don't know what to do. Yeah. And then like after a few days, it's fine, you know, and yeah. then you're good. So you just, he was, he was, That's he had a lot of insights. He's been doing this for a long time. Uh, smart guy, uh, great movie. He also created uh, Greg the Bunny. Remember that film? Oh, Many years ago. Yeah. He's had a weird career. Um, but it's a phenomenal film and I think announces the arrival of like a major, yeah. major director who I think is going to do incredible stuff going forward. But the film is about uh, two uh, uh, transsexual prostitutes. Two friends. In Hollywood. The two, not the two friends, but they are two friends. Two friends. Uh, one of them gets out of jail and finds out that her boyfriend, who is also her pimp, has been seeing another woman. And the whole movie takes place on Christmas Eve with them trying to find the woman and the pimp. And make I like them that we have record. another Christmas movie where it can be like, Christmas movie! Yeah. Tangerine's It goes Christmas into that great movie. category of like uh, Die Hard and all the unconventional Christmas movies. And Iron Man 3. The best Christmas film. Which takes it's, place all in one day from what I understand. God damn it. <laughs> God damn it. Um, love it. Love that movie. Yeah. Uh, Mustang Just Made It is my 10. I previously had written down when I locked this list like yep. a month ago. A Shaun the Sheep movie. I liked Shaun the Sheep movie. Which is an really entirely did. silent film. Yep. And I think deserves major props for being having less dialogue than the artist did. Yeah. Because it doesn't even have intertitles. It doesn't have a single spoken line in it. That's and it's just good. a very, very simple story that I think uh, kind Kind of ends up being uh, a, a little profound about our, our places in the world, um, about learning to accept who you are yeah, uh, and where you are rather than uh, dreaming big. Hmm. Uh, great movie. Mustang, also phenomenal. Yeah. Uh, need to see that one. That would be my best foreign film winner. Um, animated. It would be Phoenix. Oh, yeah. That would be my number two. Mine would be Son of Saul, but I think they're all up there. Uh, animated film for me this year, that category is the most stacked. Uh, really? You think so? Yeah, because I think I mean I like Sonomalisa. Well, yeah, I I have a hard time living filling up my my top five for that. Inside Out. I love Sean the Sheep movie. Yeah, you're a big fan of that one. Yeah, that one a lot. Uh, I've I've been very outspoken in my support of Hotel Transylvania too. You have, while not living up to the heights of the original. Of course, of course. Still is probably the most accomplished piece of animation this year. Yeah, from an animation standpoint alone. The best work in the medium. I just saw when Marnie was there, the Studio Ghibli movie. Need to see that. I quite liked that. Need to watch that. It's good. Um, so I gotta ask, guys. We're getting down to uh, about getting an hour and a half. Okay. Right? So I think we we've should... done our major categories. Yeah, I think yeah. we should kind of wrap it up. I don't know if you want to hit some of the other categories or just uh, what are our thoughts. I mean, here here's a thing that I just assume we're all on the same page about. Yeah. Best score of the year, Carter Burwell for, for Carol, Carol, right? 100%. Great Although 100%. there have been some really good scores this year. Agreed. I will say. Uh, I was going to say, what are some favorite scores that people have? Disaster piece for It Follows. Uh, that score is mm-hmm. terrifying. So good. Mm-hmm. Uh, We're going to be listening to that score in movie trailers and in like montages and stuff like that yeah. for a long, long time. It Follows is like a top 20 movie for me that year. Great, yeah. great movie. Yeah. Uh, I really like... Johan Johansson's incredibly nominated score for Sicario. I yes. can't believe the Oscars went for that because it is all just like rumbles and yeah. atonal, you know, twanging, yeah. Yep. yeah, atonal bangs. Uh, but that's a really cool, moody score. I think Daniel Pemberton's score for Steve Jobs, which I listen to over, and I over like and it. Over, I like is, it a lot. Uh, very impressive, even though it's very. Over the top, and obviously Danny guides Boyle, the movie. Danny Boyle leans on it a couple times when you're just like Danny. He leans on he his music. It. He, I mean, Boyle likes to lean on his music. Yeah. You know, Sunshine has a very overbearing score that's great. But, oh, uh, one yes. of my favorites. And, and, and now is used in every single it's trailer. True. Yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, Twenty-eight days later. Twenty-eight days later. Uh, Slumdog Millionaire. Obviously, the music's really crucial. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Howard Shore's Spotlight score is fantastic. Phenomenal. Yeah. Would be in my five. No As question. As someone who's just watched a ton of. Cronenberg movies. Yeah. Howard Shore is the best. Got so much range. What also a did Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Yeah, like of he can do anything. Yeah. 
He was the original music director on Saturday Night Live. That guy's had an insane, amazing. insane varied career. Yeah, we got some good scores out of movies that I feel like were really small. Uh, there, did you either of you see Z for Zachariah? No. The movie with uh, Margot Robbie and Showeta Legiafor. Really good score there. Heather McIntosh was the composer. Mm-hmm. Uh, A Little Chaos, the Alan Rickman directed movie uh, with Kate Winslet. I know. Uh, score by Peter Gregson. That's really good. Go out and listen to that. Uh, and then Junkie XL, who was nominated for Mad Max, also did the score for the Point Break remake. And that's not a great movie, but that is a good score. Hey, good point, because I want to spotlight. Uh, I would nominate Point Break for Best Cinematography. It's got some elements in that movie that I I didn't movie see that movie I because liked. I value my sanity and time. Yeah, Here's you're smart because say. life is finite, and at some point we die. It is true, except I would also say that Edgar Ramirez could have good chemistry with a man, a woman, or a pile of leaves on the floor. Agreed. Look, he's great. Yeah. I mean, he's so charming and magnetic in everything, and in this especially. He's a bit of a confusing element in Joy. Though. Yeah, he yeah. is. Well, yeah. he's not used very well. No, he is not. But what is in Joy, really? Uh, Joy's a bit of a confusing element. Bradley Cooper. Element. The mop. Yeah, yeah, the mop so is good. actually used very well in mop. Joy. Yeah, mop. the mop's great mop. in that mop. fucking movie. I just like saying mop. Should be called mop. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, yeah, Sean do we want to say some? Sh- <laughs> well, I was no, I was going to say Point, the Sean movie. Point Break was uh, directed by a cinematographer, and it uh, shows. It definitely shows. Yeah, because it, it's gorgeous looking. I saw it in 3D. It's one of the only good uses of 3D I've seen in years. Yeah, it was actually sort of immersive and astounding. And they went to all these real locations, crazy places yeah. in the earth. Um, but movie movie sucks otherwise, though. Uh, another cinematography nominee I'd want to spotlight is Magic Mike XXL. Great. Oh. Soderbergh himself. Uh, Soderbergh as Peter Andrews, yep. pretending to be a different person. The man can light. He lights things well. One scene that jumps out to me is the one where Chang Tatum meets... Um, oh, on the beach? What's her name? Ever heard on the beach, and it's all done. No, no her name is What's Her Name. Yes. What's yeah. Her Name? She is a professional What's Her Name. Yeah. She's um, so bad in the But Danish it's all done with girl. moonlight, and you can... Oh, so terrible. Oh, I mean, top five worst performances. She would yeah, ruin the Danish girl if it if it was ruinable. <laughs> yes, yeah, I think she's getting off easy because everything else in the movie is so bad. But that's a terrible. But also, it's a, just a triumph of terrible casting. Why do yeah. you cast? Why do you cast her? A strange. Do you know what Tom Hooper said? Because Johnny Depp called him and was like, "Will you cast her?" In an interview, Tom Hooper said, "I cast her because I was trying to think of someone who was just so feminine and could represent femininity." Tommy, what are you talking Tommy, about? What are we talking about here? Um. But uh, yes, Magic Mike XSL, the uh, uh, scene with what's her name on the beach, it's all done with moonlight. Like a cool thing that fucking Soderbergh isn't afraid to do is just have scenes be dark if in real life those people yes. would not be able to see each other. Yep. It was interesting that he lit uh, Jada Pinkett's mansion as if it were an episode of True Blood. Loved it. All but red. Me too. Love the mansion scene. Crushed reds. Loved it. Uh, yeah, good cinematography this year for me. You know, pretty obvious. Ed Lackman. That, yeah. that Ed Lackman. Yeah, he's my number John, one. John Seal for uh, Mad Max Fur Road. Agreed. Uh, uh, Star Wars The Force Awakens. Yeah, I want well shot movie. Didn't get a nomination. I didn't. think they were able to somehow make a movie that looks like Star Wars without trying to look like the old movies. Yeah. They came up with a new visual language, because the film does look different than the originals. But that represents the feeling of Star Wars. A tough task. I, I am rooting for Roger Deakins to win say, for Sicario. Deacon, he just needs Deacons, to fucking get an Oscar. He's so good. He should be our Leonardo DiCaprio this year. Just yeah. let's just let's give not, it to him. He's probably not going to win. He's probably not going to win. Chivo's going to mm-hmm. win again. Of course, uh, he's great. Yeah. Lubeski's great. Yeah. Uh, let's all uh, stop calling him Chivo. Yanush, I know you did that ironically. Yeah, yeah, I did. we're not. Yeah, Yanush, friends with him. Yanush is great. Uh, yeah, Mr. Pool of uh, Light himself for Bridge of Spies. Mr. That's Mr. Pool of Light. Uh, what else uh, is Thomas well Newman's lit? work for Bridge of Spies. Talking about score as well. I do love a Thomas Newman. It's, score. it's his first. Uh, it's one of two Spielberg films not scored by Williams. Three. 
Um, and uh, that's a trivia question. I'm waiting to show up at some point. Sugarland Express and uh, and color, and color purple. purple was Quincy Jones. Quincy um, but I, I love John Williams. I actually, despite saying some previously uh, harsh things on on past episodes, uh, I've been re-listening to the Star Wars score a lot now, great and really score. think it's great now. It's come around for me. Um, but I think and Creed works in a similar way. Great, excellent score. score Very using underrated. the old themes and incorporating new themes and yep. matching them up really, really well. Yep. But um, it's just exciting to see Spielberg work with a new composer and vice versa. And Thomas Newman did like a really great classic old Hollywood score in that movie. Uh, I hated Thomas Newman's score in Bridge of Spies. It's the one thing that doesn't oh, work for David, me in the movie. David, David. I didn't love it. Yeah, that, that movie needed and a I John love Thomas score. Newman, but That's I my didn't jam. That's it. my jam. It's a huge bummer that John Williams didn't score that movie. No, I love that score. Um, ben, anything you want to throw out? You have a notepad in front of you. Uh, yes, I do. I, I came up with some categories. Let's run through them. Yeah? Let's yeah. do it. I'm okay. excited. That way you wrote sexy. Ah, mm. nice. Hey, Best sexy. Ben's flipping over to a second page of notes now. He's got a lot of notes. Yeah. Uh, okay, so let's just start with best location. Okay. I think uh, Steve Jobs really used the space. <laughs> I agree with you. I don't even know if you're being funny. <laughs> I can't tell. I don't know which side um, this coin's going to land on. Also thought room. I mean, that's just the good room. That just makes sense. See, once again, a funny joke, but also correct. I, I don't think that's know. actually true. Yeah, yeah sure. Uh, and Hateful Eight, I mean, again, kind Another of one room. place, but you're just it's good. talking about places that are set inside. But he's also <laughs> correct. <laughs> All yeah, those movies use the oh, location well. Oh, oh, well, we're getting, I got we're The Martian for you. Oh, Mars, yeah. Yeah, it's another planet. Okay. We didn't. We Is that didn't. sort of like how Ben looks so proud? We didn't right talk now. about The Martian. The Martian's good. It's good. Good movie. Martian's yeah. a perfect number ten through twenty movie yeah. in like almost yeah. everything. Might be twenty one for me, but yeah. a lot of fun. Yes. Uh, great ensemble cast. Good popcorn entertainment. The yep. Martian. Glad it made all that money. Yes. Agreed. Yeah, that's nice for America. As is Ridley Scott because that's all he could talk about during his Golden Globes acceptance speech. Yeah, right. It's great. Uh, Love Ridley Scott. And, and let's just all acknowledge that movie is so funny. The Martian oh. is such, All right. such enough, a good enough, enough, enough. comedy. He makes it a uh, uh, poo-poo. Yeah, the and foods. I couldn't stop laughing. Okay. Uh, ben, other categories you have prepared? Uh, yeah. Or is there another nominee in that well, category? Well, then it's just Revenant okay. for location. Yeah, okay. That's Revenant? Oh, okay. Uh, That's actually, there are some movies with good locations we should talk about. I want to expand on him. The talk House and Ex Machina? The I House and Mistress America, actually. Yes. The House and Ex Machina and the House in, yeah, which is in like Norway, and the House in, yeah. in Mistress America in Greenwich, Connecticut. Yes. Those are two great answers. Uh, Donut Time and Tangerine. Yeah. Donut Time and Tangerine, which is a real place. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've got that crazy place under the bridge, and it follows where he ties her to the yes. chair. Oh, yes. That yes. is such yes. a scary location. Yes. Yep. Uh, the fucking Opera House in Rogue Nation. Mm hmm. Yep. Let's talk about Black Hat, that crazy end sequence where they're in like Malaysia or something. Do you love Black Hat, Joe? Because this is a very pro Black Hat well, podcast. No, Black I'm Hat. not. I didn't love Black Hat. You and I have talked about how much we love Viola Davis in Black in my Hat. six Great. through ten. She's in my yeah, six through ten for as supporting well. actress. She's really good. Uh, weaving gold out of nothing. And, yes, uh, out yeah. of absolutely nothing. Crimson Peak, the most haunted house in oh, the yeah. world. Yeah. I, if if there's any oh, yeah. one not cool. Oscar nomination that didn't happen that I'm saddest about, yeah, it's art direction, art direction yeah. production design for Crimson Peak. That's art it's direction. Outrageous. The movie. It is. Yeah. That's entirely the point of that movie. Uh, ben, f- further categories? Yeah. Uh, okay. So I, David mentioned, yes, I wrote sexy-ist down. And First so this you wrote is sexy, a, but then this is I an interesting category where okay. some of the some of the entries I feel like are sexist and others are kind oh. of sexy oh. or both. Sexiest. Ben's sexism. always playing two angles at once. Mm. So you got Fifty Shades of Grey. 
I mean, sure. sort of sexy, but also kind pretty, of like... Pretty sexy. Ugh. I found that movie not very sexy. I, I find one scene sexy, and it's the scene where they're negotiating the terms yeah, of the contract. That's the best right. scene in the film. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and then Jurassic World. It's sexist. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. The movie uh, yep, yep, doesn't yep. like women. It's got that going yep. for it. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, got that going <laughs> for it. Uh, and then Entourage. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think I know which side that falls on. Yep. Uh, but then you movie. got Carol. Mm. Ooh. Mm. No mm. comment. Mm. Carol. Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh, sorry. Ooh, Carol. Oh, what's going on? Yeah. Uh, okay, so that was that's another one of my original categories. It's a good original category. Cool. Uh, okay. How about the Duke of Burgundy for sexiest movie? Uh-huh. David. That's a fucking crazy, uh, fucking it's a really crazy, good movie. Crazy movie. Magic really Mike good. XXL. Sexy Legit. as Legit. shit. Very as I said, sexy. Edgar Ramirez in yeah. Point Break. You know, very sexy. sexy. But Creed. Yeah. It's a sexy movie. Ooh, those are some sexy young actors. They sexy got some young nice actors. sex scenes. Very yep. brief little sex scenes. Yep. Chirac is really sexy. It is. Yep. Legitimately very sexy. Bridge of Spies, um, very sexy for me. <laughs> yeah. That bridge is so fucking well designed. Uh, I'm trying to think. Uh, you know what's a sexy looking movie that I forgot to mention in cinematography and location? Slow West. One of the most underrated the way that movie works. That's uh. a great Western that everyone should see starring Mr. Michael Fassbender Absolutely. and uh, Cody Smith-McPhee and uh, Ben Mendelsohn. What a nice group of guys. What a good group good of guys. Good bunch of guys. Yeah. And a young lady who I think I didn't know... She's good in that, but yeah, she's really good. She was she was like a more unknown actress. I'm gonna have to find her. Yeah, name. check out Slow West. Very very good. Uh, ben. Okay. Now you're gonna have to bear with me on this one, guys. This one's a little complicated. Bear with you. What are you, The Revenant? Ah. Uh, okay. So I felt like initially I was thinking like best remakes because okay. there's like a lot of films that aren't even necessarily remakes, like Point Break, but like continuing with. Whatever the series. Like reboots. Reboots. Dormant franchises. But then I started thinking what would be more interesting is to analyze films uh, that would be remade where babies, animals, or puppets are replacing all the actors. (laughs) What? So, Ben, your category is films that should be remade with babies, animals, or puppets? Yeah. Okay. Then I I specified what kind of thing. Okay. So, you'll tell us which of the three it falls under. So, Spotlight clearly puppets just (laughs) because of the nature of the film. Um, Ben's wow. face is red with pride right now. You know now. what? You don't want to. You don't want to recast Spotlight with babies. No, that's, absolutely that's, not. No, absolutely. you puppets. can't do babies. Puppets. That's that's yeah. very much. And animals that's aren't great no actors. They you need right. craft in order to pull off the roles in Spotlight. Right. Okay, okay. So um, Spotlight with puppets. That's one. Uh, the room animals. I think that would kind of liven that up a little bit. <laughs> well, you don't want to let the animals outside. Yeah, you know, you just want to keep them in a room. Exactly. <laughs> it just it feels more natural. That of course. Way, yeah. Right. Yeah. Um. Hatefully, uh, I thought fruit. So you established it's one of three things, and then now we're <laughs> I breaking all I the rules. I threw fruit in, too, because I just thought that'd be fun. Like, fruits just sitting there, and then people are talking like, Then Yo. they all get, like, shot, and they explode. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. So in a pulpy mess. Yes. There goes that cantaloupe just you know, everywhere. That was, yeah, it was Channing Tatum. He was a cantaloupe. Yeah. <laughs> it was a cantaloupe. Credit where credit's never due. Spoiler. Credit where credit is due. I thought you were going to go Hateful Eight Babies, and I was going to be really on board with that. Fruit is an even better choice. <laughs> I want to see, what would Michael Masden be? A mango? A guava? What would he be? A star, yeah. a star fruit? A star fruit. No. no he doesn't have the star it. power in that movie. Anybody no, haven't Tim Roth is a kiwi. I feel right? like Sam Jackson's your star fruit in that movie. Yeah, yeah you're right. You're right. Uh, ben, Roth is a kiwi. I gotta hear two more. Uh, uh, yeah, so it's a real throw up on this one. Uh, uh, I don't know. <laughs> it's if... a vomit. Ben, by the way, Ben <laughs> just vomited on it's his a real notepad. Bag of vomit. <laughs> Sorry go, about go that. Go ahead, Ben. Uh, so I wasn't sure for babies. I wanted to go for uh, either Steve Jobs 
Okay. Okay. Uh, babies in like... business wear is always cute. Yeah, always know, cute. With it's, a lot, it's a lot of memorization of dialogue, though, for yeah, a baby. Tough. I they love won't... the idea of babies sitting in a control room, like a NASA room oh, for like the Martian. I, so, I think Martian. that's the better pick. I think that's yeah. the way to go. Also, you could call it Martian babies. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Plus, babies, a lot of poop, so like those yes. potatoes would be growing like crazy. They all have potatoes like crazy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and is there a fifth nominee? Uh, no. I think I hit, <laughs> I, I think I hit them all. Great. Yeah. So yeah. just once just again, four. your category was. <laughs> Movies that would be better if they were remade with babies, puppets, or animals. And then I also added fruit. And I added fruit. Right. So there are only four nominees, and you didn't include fruit in the title of the category. All right. Let's move on, Okay, Griffin. great. You know what I was doing. We got it. We got it. We all heard. We yeah, all heard. You're the poet laureate. You play by your own rules. <laughs> oh, an honorable mention to concussion. For <laughs> which... Just, for exposing to the world about oh yeah. the, the just an honorable mention. The, it just know, gets an honorable mention. NFL yeah. being yeah. a evil corporation. Is that anything you've hat. got a category called um no thank you? Oh, I also have one favorite bit title, uh you're burnt. <laughs> <laughs> Is that like a lifetime achievement award for like a lifetime of you burnt? Boy, it, oh boy. it could be. It's been a good, uh, I mean, a good uh, I'm going to be able to reference phrase. that yeah. and and make a great bit out of it for yeah. years to come. Um, can we end on, um, no thank you? I just need to hear what that is. Yeah. Uh, well, it's just movies that I didn't see uh, and I was not interested in. I, and heard about them and I was like, mm, no thank you. Like, as hear... we were talking about them, you were just like, yeah, no. I want to hear the list, but at the end of each movie you read off, you have to deliver an um, no thank you. Okay? <laughs> so the nominees for Ben Hosley's 2016 um, no thank you award for indifference in 2015 are? Uh, well, we have Black Mass. Um... No, thank you. <laughs> Dude looks gross. Like, I was just like, what is going on with this makeup? It's terrible. All right? And okay. I just didn't want to watch it. I agree. Um, I saw it and I regret it. Crimson Peak? Uh, no, thank you. I liked Crimson Peak. <laughs> it just seems like a boring horror movie. <laughs> it's a little boring. It's, it's not know. untrue. It's good. Okay, Trumbo? Uh, no, thanks. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, good call. Yeah, I don't think any of us like, can really. Uh... I don't want to watch a movie about a screenwriter. <laughs> <laughs> Unless it's wow. Babalu Mandel. That was venomous. Oh, I would see a Babalu Mandel movie in just a second. Just Babalu Mandel, not, not Lola Gans. Gans. <laughs> Babalu Mandel. And we, I would see only Scott Alexander, not Larry Karaszewski. Yes. Who, who would play Babalu Mandel? Goodman? Goodman. Oh, my wow. God. Yeah. The role of Goodman's life. That uh, sounds good. Okay, I think Ben's still got two more. Okay. Oh, no, thank yous. Uh, and we have the intern. Uh, yeah. No, thanks. <laughs> Come on. That was a twisty because you said, yeah, like you're going to like it, but it's uh-uh. a no. No, that looks like garbage. <laughs> Balibu Mandel looks like a young Alan Arkin. Oh. So I always thought he was a big so guy. So Adam Arkin, is that who we're Not casting? a big guy. Interesting. Just to cast a- a- Adam Arkin? Yeah, Adam Arkin. He'd be great. Okay. Oh, I'm into it. Dave Crumholt. Crummy. Mm, he's not skinny anymore. Yeah. Uh, As we saw in Hell Caesar. Uh, and your fifth nominee for the Umno Thank You Award? Everest. Uh, yeah, no, thanks. <laughs> the reason why? I mean, it's just like, I <laughs> I feel like you get it, like, right away that they're going to get trapped on this fucking mountain. You're forgetting something, Ben. What? Mountain is really big. That's true. It's true, but it would be cool if there were giants climbing it. 
Okay, there we go. It's just little people. That's the concept I want to see. Giants climbing mountains. Mm-hmm. That, that makes see it more interesting. When do you ever see that? Never. Big Everest. Never Everest. Big Everest. Big Everest. Big Everest. Um, Joe, thank you so much for being here. Thank you guys so hey, much for having me. Sharing your thoughts with us. Some classic read picks. Thanks. That was great, Joe. <laughs> Thanks. I'm worn out. Me too. Yeah, that's a lot. So when it, the Oscars are not this Monday, but next uh, Sunday, but next uh, February twenty eighth. Twenty eighth. Right. Yes. So day before leap day. This will be coming out right the week of the Oscars. The twenty third or the twenty second. And uh, I gotta say, uh, a lot of good movies this year. But I am done with twenty fifteen. Well, I feel like enough. we get that. Enough. We get to that point every Oscars, right? Where it's just like, like move on twenty sixteen. Let's do it. Let's see what's know, even coming down year. the line. Yeah. Uh, I have something to plug. Uh, on Oscar night, uh, February twenty eighth. Uh, I will be putting on a uh, event of sorts at Union Hall, along with uh, John Braylock and Jerome Milligan of uh, the Black Man Can't Jump in Hollywood podcast. Great guys, uh, great guys. Uh, one past guest, uh, one who will hopefully be a future guest. Uh, but we are trying something. I have no idea if it's going to work or not, which is a great selling point for an event. But at uh, Union Hall, they're going to uh, screen the Oscars. We're not going to do live snarking over it because I fucking think you should watch the Oscars in peace. I agree. But what we're going to do, the three of us and a group of other improvisers who are still being nailed down, are going to improvise during the commercial breaks these scenes that we believe are happening off camera. Uh, so it's going to uh, be an improv show in between the commercial breaks of the Oscars. Cool idea. Commenting on it. Sort of like a uh, uh, the way a lot of improv shows use monologues for inspiration for scenes. We'll be using what happened earlier in the show to comment on them and kind of keep this long-form improv show going over the course of three hours to uh, keep things live. Three hours. You're so optimistic, Griffin. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Uh, It's an interesting idea that I had with these guys, and we're seeing if it works or not, if this format has any value. If it worked, we'd maybe do it with other events. But that's Union Hall, February 28th. I think it's going to be like $10. You get to watch the Oscars with a bunch of people in a room. We will not make jokes over the show. You can watch it in peace. We're not going to be smart and snarky, and then you just get a little bonus value, a little content in the commercial breaks. Uh, so I want to plug that. Um, if there isn't a listing already, there should be one on the Union Hall site by now. Uh, and also, I want to plug, as always, my petition to join the cast of Fast 8. I will say it has been sent along to some important people. Is that right? It has, it has grazed oh. some desks. A certain Vin Diesel? It's one degree away from Vin Diesel right now. Ludicrous. Uh, uh, I I don't want to put too fine a point on it. I don't want to throw out anybody. But it it has gotten within Vin Diesel's production company, Ah. and it has gotten within uh, Original Films, the main production company. If you get this, I'll be impressed. I am committed to nothing more in my life. Very good. So they can sign the petition, right? Bit.ly backslash fast griff furious. Sign the petition, share it, send it to friends. Uh, I, I'm, I'm doing this. I got I to gotta do this. One way or another, I'm doing this. Even if I have to pull a Sean Young and show up in a Catwoman suit and break onto set and just run in front of the camera, I'm doing this. They'd be so confused that you were dressed as Catwoman, though. Yeah, but that's a good cross-franchise uh, pollination. Yeah. Uh, Joe, people can check you out on Decider. Decider.com. Uh, you can find me on Twitter, at Joe Reed, R-E-I-D. Uh, that's about it. Those are the places, and, and you uh, just just Google Joe Reed. There's a yeah. the treasure trove of good pieces over the years. Ah, thank you. Um, Very true. Yeah, uh, thank you all for listening. Yeah, uh, as always, please uh, rate, review, and subscribe to our podcast, but the mm-hmm. other podcast on the UCB Comedy Network. We'll be back next week with uh, back to Shyamacast. Yes. So cue up your 
the village rental. Le you, village. You're into that? Yeah. Oh, man, the village. Yeah. Um, and I'm, I'm going to throw out a, uh, a happy birthday to Leigh Montgomery, who does our theme song for the show. Oh, happy birthday. Oh, uh, comes birthday. in live every week, uh, 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 Reggie Watts style, so and dedicated. then leaves. Um, but uh, yeah, he, his birthday, I think, is uh, was yesterday when we're recording this. Whatever. It's this is for him. Lane, hey, this one's for you. Buddy. Happy birthday. Lane, this one is for you. Uh, thanks for listening, everybody. Uh, uh, ben, Ben, thanks for being the best in the biz. Uh, he's in the studio today. We forgot to mention that. He's in the studio with us sitting here on a mic because uh, I know that's the thread that everyone's holding on to. Oh, boy. They never is where know ben what's going to happen. In relation to us. Yep. Uh, and as always, uh, my pick for the uh, Irving Thalberg uh, Memorial uh, Lifetime Achievement Award would go to uh, Albert and the Chipmunks, uh, the road trip. It's a Lifetime Achievement Award for the movie. Boo. Yay. <laughs>